pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You son of a... Oh. Hello? Is this on? Oh. Wow. I got the don't button ready. That thing's hot. Holy moly. Welcome. Every broadcaster's worst nightmare happened last night. Yeah, buddy. How about that? Tom Brunneman suspended by the Cincinnati Reds, and we'll get into that. Coming out just around the corner, it's unfortunate. Uh, Marty Brenneman's farewell tour a year ago was one of the most memorable farewell tours out there. And what might be Tom Brenneman's farewell tour, very memorable, just for all the wrong reasons. And we'll get into that coming up around the corner. Hey, guess what? The Big Ten. Did you know that they canceled the college football season for the Big Ten or postponed again? <laughs> again. And parents still not happy again. And uh, they continue writing letters. And I love the passion, Kev. I love all the energy. I love all the smoke. I mean, whatever you want to call it. It's all fine. And I just don't know what they think the end game is going to be. And I don't know what can, outside of bringing the season back, I don't know really what else can happen to keep par- or to get people to feel good about this again. I have a feeling that even if the SEC and everyone else pulls the plug, which I do think that's how I've been adamant from day one. I'm like, the reason I'm not freaking out about the Big Ten pulling the plug on the season is because the only difference between them and everyone else is they did it first. Right. I, I mean, them and the Pac-12. Uh, the, the, there's no, going to be no college football season. Um, and I, if they kick off and everyone's like, oh, I thought you said it was, okay, so I'm wrong. But again, I, I really don't think it's that far-fetched to believe that I'm not going to waste my time with this with this negative energy about the Big Ten pulling the plug during a pandemic when, look, the ACC, the, everyone else trying to play, Notre Dame has a huge outbreak on their campus. Five, college, uh, five Notre Dame football players today tested positive. Six of them are in quarantine. I, I, I mean, look, that's, again, that's going to happen during a mm-hmm. um, pandemic, but keep in mind, everyone's more on alert now because two big Power Five conferences have pulled right. the plug. I think when you see those things happen, I, I wouldn't be as alarmed by that if everyone was ready to roll right but because two have already pulled due to the pandemic and now you have notre dame having a you know an outbreak on their campus and now it has kind of bled into the team itself that's where the concerns coming in yeah man i'm glad you brought that up because i was going to ask you today are people out there that aren't big 10 fans like okay me for instance i love the buckeyes but i also follow florida state so you know every day i go Read the little reports on their little blog sites. Who's doing what? What guy's doing this? Who, who's trying to be the next starting offensive tackle and all that type of stuff? And I was reading it the other day. I was like, you know what? I'm truly wasting my time because this ain't going to happen. Like, there, people out there that are fans of Bama, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma, if you're going to these blog sites, checking out the depth chart and seeing who's doing what, watching the interviews that the coaches are doing and the players are doing, you're wasting your time. And I, I realized that the other day because you know what? You're right. It ain't going to be no season. And and by the way, if there is, great. 
Like, if you think that, if listeners think that they're going to get me by saying, oh, see, you were wrong, I'm like, yeah, and? Egg on your face. That, that's one of those things that if I'm wrong about, that's a great thing. I mean, I mean, so while you're ripping me because I said there'd be no season and then there's a season, that's fine. I'll be ignoring you because I'll be watching college football on Saturday. <laughs> so I'm really not too worried about that happening. Again, um, Big Ten, uh, they announced yesterday, we know we had uh, Austin Ward from Letterman Row on the show yesterday, and there was a lot of uncertainty. And I know him and I talked even before going on the air that, hey, I, you know, watch, we're going to do that have this conversation and watch they're going to make the official announcement i wasn't sure when the big 10 was officially going to make their second announcement because they had already announced that they were pulling the plug on the season and they have basically you know they ghosted everybody they you know they kind of went off into the distance and we haven't heard from them finally they make a statement yesterday kevin warren releases in um, a you know a letter or a press release of course saying that they will not revisit the decision to postpone fall sports, which, again, just ignited everyone else. See, this is why I don't like these scenarios right here, because everyone demands answers. They want answers. They want answers. No, you don't. Right. You want to be told what you want to hear. You don't want answers. You don't want to hear why they pulled the plug on the season. You don't want to hear any justification for it, because you are always going to find, like, for instance, I knew this was going to happen. Kevin Warren cites medical expertise and medical decisions as to why they did not feel comfortable moving forward. They had three or four medical experts that all had various opinions on it. And then what do people say? Well, the SEC's medical experts said otherwise. Well, that's why this game is not fun anymore mm -hmm. because everyone, I mean, this, I'm not talking politics, but this reminds me of yes, politics where you 100%. are screaming at a wall. You're never going to convince the other one about anything. It's like, well, well, your candidate, he's a horrible person because blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah? Well, did you see the report about your guy back in 19, blah, 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 blah? If your argument is is that your guy is worse than my guy, but both are bad, then that's not a good argument to have as far as that goes. And that's kind of what I feel about here. Right now, we don't even know what we're arguing. We're just trying to – I mean, you don't have any medical expertise in that. Okay, well, we have three medical experts that back up our opinion. Well, the SEC has five medical experts that back up my medical opinion. Mm -hmm. This game, it's just never going to stop. That's why I'm, like, not really getting too fired up about it. I'm listening to Sports Talk in Columbus and others, and they're so angry and passionate. And I'm not judging them for that. But keep in mind, I, I don't know what you're – you just want to be – not really media. I'm really talking about, I guess, the, the callers is what I'm talking about. They People just – fans want to be told what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. So when everyone was like, oh, the Big Ten, Kevin Warren, he hasn't said anything. They need to address the you – know, you know, they need to have a press conference. They need to – no, they don't because no matter what they say, it's not, not going to make enough. you happy. And unless they came on that mic and said, all right, we're going to kick off coming up here in three weeks – that, that was the only thing that you were going to be satisfied with, people. So stop trying to act like you know. I just wanted reason. Just tell me a reason. I could I could handle this if you give me... No. Right. You want, a, you want the season, which I want too. But no, this is why I'm like, this is going nowhere. It's getting tiresome, to be honest with you. It's, it's adding more stress to what is already a stressful situation. Put it's it very way. disappointing that we're not going to have Ohio State football. And it's going to be even more disappointing when they actually cancel all the college football. But something that I'll keep going back to is when the Mac canceled their season. Everybody was that Saturday, everybody, eh, it's just the Mac. And boom, just like that, the Big Ten canceled their season. But what people have to realize with the Mac is the same medical experts that are in the Mac, this region, this Midwest that we all live in, they're the same medical experts that the Big Ten uses. So their information is exactly the same. So whatever the Mac got, the Big Ten got. 
Now, you can say, like, well, the medical experts in the SEC in the South say otherwise. Okay, well, they're in a totally different region than we are. Just like California, their exposure to COVID-19 has been totally different from everything that's happening in the Midwest and in the South. That's why they canceled theirs. The exposure to the virus differs from region to region and how it's affecting the region and people. So that's what people have to realize is when when the MAC canceled, you could kiss the Big Ten goodbye. And people just want to discredit it as the MAC and they're not Power 5. They're not the big time. It don't matter. Well, guess what? Their doctor said it mattered and they shut it down. And guess what? The Big Ten, the big ten is big time. Their doctors said shut it down and it shut down. Yeah, so which, you know, which side is, and I guess to sum up, and again, I'm not gonna, we're not going to beat everyone's head with this Big Ten stuff for three hours today. We've, we've spent a lot of time on it. I wanted to open up with it because the news came out last night after we got off the air. Um, the Big Ten will not revisit um, talks of having a 2020 fall football season, which to me, it hurts, but it's one of those where, okay, now we can mentally move on. Right. Well, you don't have to like it. You know, it's kind of like with March Madness. I think the the worst part about that that little one-week stretch of conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, it was just the everyday of, are we going to get to CUD in the tournament? Are we going right. to get to... Oh, no, they just... Wow, they canceled it. Holy moly, this sucks. But it's like you're able to mentally start coping with it moving forward. And that's what is going to happen here. The problem is, is the difference is when the NCAA tournament got canceled... UD fans didn't have to watch a basketball tournament go on without mm. their team. To where the Big Ten season, the plug is pulled. There is a chance that come here in about a month, they're going to be watching college football. The teams that they would be comparing Ohio State to will be playing. That's going to be the hard pill to swallow. Bottom line is, this isn't going to be easy. But this right. isn't easy for Kevin Warren, and I'm not defending him. Because I tried making that clear on Twitter today. Someone was, again, uh, annoyed that I was defending Kevin Warren. I'm like, I'm not c- defending the deficiencies within the process of pulling the plug in the season. What I'm what I'm trying to understand is why what what the obsession is with people. Uh, what the obsession is that people have with his son playing in the <laughs> SEC. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Gulley Jr. Sorry, uh, him and I were tweeting back and forth and getting into it with people throughout the day about that same exact thing. And uh, it's just it's not going to stop. It's low hanging fruit. It's something easy to make uh, Kevin Warren a target, and we'll see. My big thing is is when the SEC and others pull the plug, what's the reaction going to be like to them? That that's going to be key. And will fans apologize if the SEC and everyone pulls the plug for the same reasons that the Big Ten? At least they tried. At least they yeah. At least they which. I'll I'll give more credence to that argument than the arguments now about his son playing. If you're big, trust me, you're not losing sleep because his kid's playing in the SEC. It's just a bullet point that you're able to fire back at him at this point as far as that goes. All right, you are listening to the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash right here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. We are live on Facebook, so head to Facebook, search the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook, and you'll be able to watch the show as well as interact with the show by leaving your opinions and comments in the comment section below. Every time you comment, your name is automatically put um, into a pool where you could be, have a chance to win a $25 Skyline gift card. We will announce the winner tomorrow. The only winners, uh, or the only way you can win is by potentially commenting in the, in the comment section. Again, we select winners from that pool, so make sure you're being active and uh, taking advantage of the opportunity to interact with us here on the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook. Also, we're on ESPN Dayton's YouTube channel and on Twitter at 1410 Kinner, K-I-N-N-E-R. Give Kev a follow as well, at one 
Kev Nash. We do have Reds baseball coming up later tonight. The Reds split with the Royals last night, and the Reds just nearly, I mean, they nearly got no hit in, the, in game one of the, the doubleheader last night, and I figured they would look a little sloppy coming out. I mean, I think the Cardinals, um, one of the Cardinals pitchers in their, one of their first games back after missing 15 games due to the virus, I think one of their pitchers gave up like four straight home runs. I mean, the Cardinals looked rough coming back, um, and the Reds looked rough, but they were able to shake off that rust. They got shut out in game one, and then they turned around and shut out the Cardinals in game, or the, the Royals in Game 2. We'll see if they could take that momentum with them here tonight against the Royals. That'll be a later first pitch, 8-15, uh, and we have the lineups for you. David Bell, another weird lineup. I'm trying to be calm today. You got me to yell yesterday. You got me, me? that with the NBA, so I'm trying to remain calm. Are, we, calm. are we talking NBA today? Yeah. Okay. We got the well, Lakers game tonight, and again... Again, there's not a lot of Laker fans around here, but uh, in essence of the... Oh, play- yes, there is. Hmm. Well, the Lakers are mm-hmm. one of the most storied franchises in basketball, and there are so many levels to this. You have, you know, guys around Keith Byers' age who are grew up loving Magic Johnson, watching him play. So then you got got those fans that still around that age demographic. Then you got guys older than him who watched Kareem and everything like that with the Lakers. Then you got guys my age that watched Shaq, the Shaq and Kobe era. And then you got the LeBron stands like yourself. I mean, fans. My bad. I'm sorry. You have the LeBron fans. So the Laker fan base is strong. And so is the LeBron fan base. So everybody watches the Lakers. People watch the Lakers because they're fans. People watch the Lakers because they're LeBron fans. And then you got people that hate watch the Lakers. Then you got people that hate watch LeBron. It's prime time. It is prime time viewing, no matter who they're playing. It just so happens that they're playing one of my favorite players in the league. So oh, I'm definitely enjoy enjoy it. it. You get at least about four more games with them. At least. <laughs> dame time. It's late time, man. I, the fact that, like, nine, that o'clock, is dame like time. 9 o'clock games used to not bother me. Like, it, <laughs> it really didn't. Because half the time, like, I used to be a night owl. I would stay up late. I can't stay up late anymore. I'm like, man, my, I'm, in, I'm only 30. Dude, I'm only thought I, I can't do it. Like, so I, I watched the entire game the other night, yeah. and I felt like absolute crap the next day. And I'm Me like, it was too. only up to like midnight, but I mean, I, I get up 5.30 or 6 every morning, whether I set an alarm or not, whether I get two hours or three hours of sleep or not, uh, and I'm, I'm going to feel it tomorrow, too. Yeah, absolutely. I might as well drink. If I'm going to feel like crap the next day, it might as well be a hangover, not because oh, I'm 30 and I can't stay up late anymore. Now, I'm, you know what? I'm drinking tonight. And then tomorrow when I feel like crap, there's an excuse and not just me being old. How about that? So <laughs> I always struggle during the playoffs because, obviously, 9 o'clock tip-offs and everything like that. I'm good all the way up until halftime. I always get tired at halftime and end up falling asleep on the couch and I miss the second half of every game. So basically I save all that time for the NBA finals for when it really counts to stay up late. But now that this is a, a bubble situation, we haven't had sports in so long. I'm like, I'm locked in to all the good games. So when the Lakers in Portland played the other night, halftime, I swept the floor, I mopped the floor and I loaded the dishwasher to keep myself moving, to keep myself awake so I could watch the second half. So, boom, some pointers. But now I have to find another activity because I've already swept and mopped. So maybe I'll vacuum tonight at 10 o'clock. Well, speaking of sweep, I, I call it a sweep. But the <laughs> Lakers would sweep the uh, oh the old Trailblazers. We'll get into that. Um, Doug Morgan on Facebook. 
Uh, he says, are you seriously not going to bring up what Tom B. said? Doug Morgan, um, I have a clock here in the studio, and we are on every day from 3 to 6. And by my calculations, we've been on the air for 15 minutes. I said we would get to that coming up. I still have 2 hours and 45 minutes. So, sir, yes, we are going to get to that. We'll get to that next, I promise. No, uh, Doug, I agree. I know that's what everyone wants to talk about. Selfishly, I don't want to talk about it. I like Tom, and I, I've, I'm not going to pretend to be buddy-buddy with Tom, but I've worked with Tom on more than one occasion. He's one of my favorite inter interviews. So, you know, when you see these types of freak things happen across the country, you're, you know, you just anger and disgusted right away. Last night was anger and annoyance, but it was one of those where it just sucks. This is the first time something like this has happened where I've known the individual mm -hmm. that has screwed up like this. So, Doug, that's why. Selfishly, I was putting it off and hoping a topic would take us elsewhere. But no, we're going to get to that. A year ago, Marty Brenneman had one of the most memorable farewell tours ever. I mean, it was emotional. I mean, it tugged on your heartstrings. Everyone loved it. Um, and Tom Brenneman might have started his own farewell tour last night. And it's probably just as memorable, but unfortunately, all for the wrong reasons. Tom Brenneman, suspended by the Reds. Your reaction. Will he be fired? Do you want him back? If he comes back, what will your reaction be? We'll get to all that coming up. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Tell me when our mics are on. Our mics on? They are on. Oh, mics are geez, on. Oh, jeez. You got to tell me. You can't say. Oh, my goodness. All those mean things I'm saying during the break. Luckily, that's never happened. In oh, wait. It has. <laughs> it has. Unfortunately, last night, Cincinnati Reds TV broadcaster Tom Brenneman. And how much longer he's the TV broadcaster, we don't know. Uh, Tom Brenneman last night, of course. And I didn't catch it. I was out golfing. Shocker. I was out golfing. And uh, I checked Twitter at a certain point. I see that Tom Brenneman is trending. Now, there's a lot of reasons why I thought, Tom, what is going on? What, what is on my... Hold up. One moment. I got to... Oh, oh, oh. There we go. There we go. That's what the problem was. All right. So, uh, Tom Brenneman, you know, I, I checked Twitter. He's tr uh, trending, and I'm trying to figure out why. I was like, okay, maybe he said Kyle Schwarber's name too many times, even though they're not playing the Cubs. I'm trying to think of all the reasons that people normally complain about Tom Brenneman. And uh, nope. And then I'm like, oh, man, that's the last thing I expected. Um, was, of course, during a – it was during, so it was a doubleheader yesterday, and usually, you know, doubleheaders in seasons past, you know, you'll play early in the day, and then you'll play, play at one, you know noon or 1, and then you'll play later the night at 7. Well, of course, the Reds do, you know, here in this 60-game shortened season, they're doing the seven-inning doubleheaders, and they're just back-to-back. -back. I mean, you have a little bit longer. You might have like a half-hour, 45-minute break in between, uh, and during one of those breaks – they came back, I don't want to say early, but either way, Tom Brenneman did not know that the mic was on. And this is not a justification or me making excuses. He just did not know that the mic was on. And he said, I can't say it, but he said, well, everyone's heard it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, everyone that's right now on the feed right now that uh, is that, you know wants to hear what we have to say about it, you've heard it already. Uh, and it's very unfortunate. This is the first time where I've had to talk about this type of story with somebody that I know and like. And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult because you don't want to do the whole thing of I, I can't stand when we do, though, he's a good person. A again, that should play a role in, in some of the fallout here. But at the same time, people uh, weren't wondering if he was a good person or not, because the only thing people heard is what he said right. during that time. Um, but, of course, you know, the Reds suspend him. Uh, it was announced that he's suspended today. And just like, I mean, again, just like with this 
you know, I'm not comparing this to that, but like people are outraged that he's only suspended. They want him fired. And I'm just curious as to why do we hold when media members make mistakes like this? Do we hold them to a higher standard than when the athletes that we admire make mistakes to the point? I mean, how many professional athletes in domestic violence have we forgiven like Joe Mixon and Kareem Hunt and others? And I'm using two guys from not picking on them, but they're two guys on two rosters that we talk a lot about as far as the NFL is concerned. And it's like, okay, we overlook that stuff all the time, but this, this, oh, we, there's just no way. He needs to be unemployed. He needs to be locked away. He should never see the light of day again. That's all I'm – That the, the reaction on Twitter, again – I'm reacting differently because, again, I know him and I and I like Tom and I just feel bad that he's in this situation. But it sounds like I'm making excuses for him, uh, so it's just word vomit. It's like my mouth is falling down the stairs right now, uh, as far as that's concerned. He deserves to be suspended. I do not think he should be fired. However, if he is fired, it is justifiable um, for a network. It's going to be tough to continue. I mean, when you are the not just the voice of a team, uh, a radio voice, but when you're a TV voice, I mean, you're I mean, you're visual. I mean, you are visibly seen mm-hmm. on a nightly basis. And baseball is every night. Yep, every night. Um, and it's really going to come down to sponsors because if sponsors are going to threaten to back out, if Tom still works there, then he will be fired. If this is something that they can massage the relationships with sponsors, he will remain there. Um, but last night, there's no excuse for it. Um, yeah, and then, of course, I don't know why they let him apologize. They should have just cut him off. They Honestly, that made it worse. I mean, like, I want to apologize for what I said last night. Deep, you know, ball hit, deep left center field, home run, and the Reds take a 3 nothing lead. But, no, I'm a great person. I'm a God-fearing person. Uh, up next, Joey Votto stepping into the box. Joey Votto chokes up on the bat, swing and a miss, strike two. But as I was saying, I'm so sorry. I will never say it again. And uh, Joey Votto foul tips it back into the you – know, it's like, come on now. It was very Why awkward. Let, I mean, we talked earlier. Really, True professional. Yeah, I mean, buddy. he's not professional for what he said, but I mean, true. I mean, he's going to call this game to the very end. <laughs> I mean, I was like, holy moly. Um, I don't know what we're. I mean, we're not supposed to condone it, but I don't know how we're supposed to truly feel about this today. Anger. I mean, he he said he did something wrong. He said it. They pulled him off the broadcast. He's suspended. Could potentially be canned. What more do people want right now? Because even if they fire him, people are still well, still not good enough. Well, what do, you, what, do you, what do people truly want from this situation? And I don't know when we'll see or hear from Tom again, but I think there's a good chance you could potentially see or hear Tom again with the Reds in the future. I just don't think it's going to be the rest of this season. I, I, I don't know. I Who's to say? Um, but I am curious people's thoughts on this because how are people going to respond if Tom Brenneman's uh, noggin appears again on Fox Sports Ohio calling Reds games? For me... People have to understand this, and I know they'll just be like, oh, you guys just talk sports, uh, and you talk about what's going on in pop culture, and you talk about radio stuff, Kev, and everything that's going on in the world. This is an extremely hard job. This is very tough, especially sports talk radio, especially, you know, um, dealing, you know, you and I, we look at each other for three hours a day. We differ on opinions all the time. When these mics come on, it is a switch inside of us that has to turn on from using foul language. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) When these mics go off, when we're in the hallway, when we're arguing about the exact same thing, other words are invoked in our conversations. Just him. him. Um, Definitely not condoning anything he said. But it is very difficult. And any radio broadcaster out there worth his salt has slipped up and said a foul word on the air. If you haven't, you just haven't been in the game long enough. That is a fact. You will eventually say something that needs to be dumped on the air or that you'll be called into the offices 
to talk to the bosses about. This is his turn. You know, to the community that he offended, that would have been nice to hear out of the apology, too, by the way. Um, the apology was awkward. It was weird because, he, like you said, he was still calling the game. Like, that seemed like something they should have pulled him. Or commercial break. Commercial break. He did Post-game. one of a video later where he wasn't, quote, unquote, distracted. Um, but, you know, I'm not really about the whole cancel culture life. I'm really not about that because people expect celebrities to be perfect when they're not perfect. They're humans just like everybody else. Um, was it messed up? Of course. Was the uh, the tweet sent out by the Hornets announcer messed up? Absolutely. Um, it was Nuggets. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I, we haven't even talked about that. I, in my head, I'm trying to figure out every way that your phone could accidentally yeah, spell I mean, check it to that. We could dissect that later, but yeah, as, uh, continue. But yeah, that, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Uh, you know, I I necessarily don't feel bad for him, you know, but I understand, like, yo, when these mics are on, they're on, and you're talking to a lot of people. You know, we, you know, sometimes you and I talk about it and like, oh, phone lines really aren't blowing up today. Uh, not a hot topic. But best believe if we'd have said something wrong, a foul word that shouldn't be over the airwaves, those phone lines would light up. You never know who's truly listening to you yep. until something goes wrong, man. And Tom Berman found out exactly how many people were watching, how many eyes were on him. And he's receiving a backlash, which he should. He, I believe he should be suspended. Do I believe he should be fired? No. Do I believe that the uh, announcer from the Hornets should be fired? No. I don't think he should be fired. I think you definitely be, should, should be reprimanded, and you should pay the penalty, be that penalty being suspended without pay for X amount of days or weeks or months or whatever. Definitely going to be a price to pay, and that is going to follow you throughout the rest of your career for sure. But you have to make amends and uh, not just apologize but truly mean it you know so you know don't just give people the benefit of doubt well they apologize and let's just move on like no no you gotta apologize and you gotta do the work as well and and let's be clear here too i think and we're gonna get to the phones in a second i'm seeing uh the timeline fill up here uh in the comment section for facebook we're gonna get to to this reaction in a moment four five seven nine four six four if you want to call and get your spot in line reaction to last night again tom brenneman suspended by the reds for an indefinite amount of time we don't know when or if we will see tom brenneman with the reds again and you know um it's tough because you don't want to spend too much time talking about the how unfortunate it is for Tom when Tom said something that offended so many that was so offensive and just so like I couldn't I mean I had to listen to it on repeat like did he actually say that I was trying to think of every word imaginable that he could have potentially been trying to say you can't there's no defense no defense for it. you cannot defend it one little tiny bit um, but four five seven nine four six four phones are ringing now that we'll get to those in, in a moment but uh, I mean how Will you react if Tom Brenneman returns uh, as the TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds? I am curious how people are going to respond to that. Let's be clear, too. And I think that Tom Brenneman's an interesting fellow, too, because I think he's really, really, again, this has nothing to do with what he said last night. I'm just trying to clarify something here. Tom is really, really good at his job. Um, I'm one of the bigger Tom fans out there. Maybe selfishly, uh, you know, because we know Tom, Kevin, you know, you and I work with Tom every year, whether it's Red Fest, whether it's the Caravan or any other Reds and Wing events that we have going on. 
Um, but Tom is a very polarizing figure in regards to if you just based it off a of social media reaction, which, by the way, you never go to social media to post anything I tried to tell positive. You, you only go to social media if you have something bad to say about somebody. But if you only based it on social media, you would think Tom is the worst broadcaster in the history of the world. And when it came when it comes. So having people say bad things about Tom on social media, it's not new. It. it you know, I see it every single night. I'm always scratching my head. I'm like, well, I think Tom's a fine broadcaster. I enjoy him calling football on Saturdays. So you already have a guy that sparks immediate reaction from mm -hmm. people on social media. And now what Tom has done is, is I mean, people hated that he interviewed the bird a year ago. Uh, people you know, people can't stand the way he says Kyle Schwarber 85 times throughout a broadcast when the Reds and Cubs play. Uh, it's those things that people can't stand. But what Tom Brenneman did last night, Kev, was he finally gave the haters something to grasp onto, mm -hmm. and they will not let this go. And that's why, do I think he should be fired? No. Do I think he should have a lengthy suspension? Yes. Um, I, I agree with you about the cancel culture. I don't think, uh, you're not teaching anybody anything with cancel culture um, at all. I, I think that, you know, you got to give people a chance to, to, to rebound and to respond, and we're going to see how that's going to work moving forward. Tom did apologize on multiple occasions. Uh, Marty Brenneman was... Uh, you know, he was finally he was reached by the Inquirer, uh, and he said what he said. And again, this is Marty Brenneman on Tom Brenneman. What he said is not a reflection of who Tom Brenneman is. And again, I know people hate those responses right away, but uh, this is how Marty opens up. What he said is not a reflection of who Tom Brenneman is. I know that's not him, but I also feel terrible for the people that the comment offended. Um, the worst feeling in the world, Marty goes on to say, the worst feeling in the world, if you're not on the air, is that you say something and you hear it coming back into your headset, Marty said, of course. You know, him being a broadcaster for 46 years mm -hmm. and a guy that has, I mean, Marty Brenneman, remember that time he was caught giving the middle finger. He, he leaned out the window. And I don't know. I forgot the story. He leaned out the window and he was giving the middle finger to someone across the, you know, in another booth. And, of course, the cameras caught it and, you know, yeah. people ran with it. Now, it's not the same. I mean, that was kind of funny what he right. did when they caught him flipping the middle finger. Last night wasn't funny. But it's just one of those where when you do get caught or when you do slip up in the spot you should, it's. It's not, especially in today's age. It's going nowhere. I mean, it's especially not to live for, with that for the rest of Especially for that group of people, you know, you know that that word, you know, is very hurtful. Yep. You know, and I mean, I mean, it wasn't like he just said, "Oh, like, oh, that's gay" or something. And I'm not defending that because uh, ten years ago, everything everything right. was gay. Oh, right. that's gay. Oh, oh man, no, you can't you can't come out tonight. Oh, that's gay. And then what? Remember those dumb? Was it Miley Cyrus? Who was it that was in all those commercials? That was like it, it was a change and stop saying gay. Now mm -hmm. you know, stop using that word. Um, you know, just in the in free conversation. You know, it's it's an offensive word. Now, you know, back then you hear people say it was no big deal. Now, when I hear it, if I hear someone say it or the word that time you you cringe. Ten years ago, people didn't cringe at that. So last night was very strange. Like that's and your people are commenting right now. He just dropped it just so freely that you could tell that he uses it all the time. Maybe, but again, people, it's not like you're walking around just reading scripture all day and spitting out positivity all day. Like right. I just think that the Facebook, man. The, by the way, when he called the home run, the ball went over the, you know, cleared the fence into the judgment-free zone. It was the Planet Fitness tarp that was over the seats. So the fact that as he's apologizing, the ball clears the, when he calls the home run, it goes into the <laughs> judgment-free zone. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. Uh, let's go to, we're going to the phones. Four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to Willie. Willie, let us off, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking my Hey, call. Willie, great to hear from you. <laughs> I've been on a little hiatus with this COVID and everything. But, You've been uh, all right? 
I've been good, man. Okay. I've just been staying out of the way, working, just trying to be safe and you be responsible. So, I like to hear um, that. Again, I don't agree with, um, I, I never will agree with cancel culture, but the point I want to make is the difference between making a mistake and getting caught saying something the way you really feel. Fair. Like so, a slip. Yeah. Uh, like there's a slip. To your point, Willie, there's a slip up. Uh, like you were meant to say this word, and this word came out, and then there is being caught using the word in the way you intended to use the word, and that's what Tom got caught with last night. You weren't trying to say a word that rhymed with it, and you accidentally slipped up and said it. Um, you literally used the word in the tone in the way you meant it, and the only difference is, is it went over the air when you didn't mean for it. That's not the, the mistake going over the air. That was someone else's mistake. That wasn't Tom's mistake. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what's strange about this. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and in fairness to um, Tom, what I would say is we all have points in our life, even on an everyday basis, um, where the, um, if we were, if were our employer were to look at our Facebook or Twitter page or hear some of our private conversations, um, I, I, was, I would say a, a, a large majority of, of uh, society would be in the same boat. That's not making no excuse. But at the end, you still have to look look at the human element of everything. And I don't hold nothing against somebody for um, making a mistake or somebody can truly feel some way and be apologetic and and learn a lesson in, in the situation. So I'm, I'm I'm not for somebody losing their livelihood um, over um, a, a honest mistake or. Um, just getting caught with your pants down, basically. No, it, absolutely. And that's the, that's going to be the key moving forward. The Reds did not fire him. They suspended him. I think what this is now moving forward is damage control. Can they save a lot of the relationships with current clients? And will this event lead to them losing sponsors and clients? And will it keep them from getting new sponsors and clients? If that's going to lead to that, they'll fire them. Uh, but if they can salvage some of those relationships, I think this will just be a lengthy suspension. That's going to be the next part of this. Well, last but not least, um, I'm a diehard Redskins fan. I'll be till I die. And I'm just really, really upset with um, with just this whole movement. I, I can't even watch the um, NBA um, anymore because it's just so – everything is just so biased and dividing this country right now that it's, it's like enough is enough. In, in, in regards to it, so you don't like that the uh, the Washington team is changing their name? Oh no! I'm, I, uh, once if, if they, when they change their name, they they no longer the team that I support. It's a new, it's a new, it's the same franchise, but it's a new, it's a a new beginning. Mm. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm loyal to uh, it's hell, it's HTTR, it's hell to the Red Skins, not the Red Tails or the Red Wolves or the team. Warriors or none of that <laughs> stuff, but. Again, there's just the culture that we're living in right now. It's just—it's not America no more. And you got, we got to be so sensitive and give out all these participation trophies. So it's just—it's it's annoying, basically, and it's designed to keep poor people arguing against each other while the elite stay in maintain power. All right. Well, Willie, good stuff, man. You came in swinging today. <laughs> all right, man. I really enjoy the show, man. I appreciate you. Take care. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Hey, he, came, he called in. He's honest uh, on how he felt, and you know, to some people, the name of that football team 
it's, it's we live in that world of well, if it, and I've said this before. Just because something doesn't offend you doesn't mean it's not offensive. And I think a lot of you know, it, just because it doesn't offend you does not mean that that name of that team was not f- offensive. Um, but yeah, uh, it's yeah, a, uh, so. the name of that team. Well, the name, the old name of the team is a slur, just like. The word that Marty used yesterday was a slur, and it's not up to us if you're a heterosexual person. It's up to the LGBT community to forgive Marty Burnham for the word he used. It's not up to the average everyday person. It's up to the Native Americans of this country who this land was taken from, which we all live on, um, to feel offended from that nickname. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a slur. And that's just plain and simple. It's a slur. Nobody wants to be called a slur. There's a million different slurs out there for every race in the world. And if someone's calling me one of those slurs or calling you one of the slurs, we're not going to like it. So why should we accept the fact that these group of people are being called a slur and just be cool with it? No, this should uh, uh, injustice to anybody is an injustice to everybody. So we should all feel offended when somebody calls another person a slur no matter if you're that race or not all right justin kinner kev nash with you here on 1410 espn radio four five seven nine four six four uh the phone lines are will, will remain open we'll continue taking your calls charlie you're a guy up next we'll get to you in a second let's get to some of the facebook uh reaction again uh if tom brenneman uh, right now, currently suspended by the Reds, not yet, uh, you know, he has yet to be fired. Um, being fired, I think it's a justifiable cause to be fired for. Uh, do I believe he should be fired? I don't think he should be outright fired, but I know the business side of this in regards to if it's going to lead uh, to failed, you know, relationships with current clients, I do believe, or, cli- uh, uh, you know, sponsors, yes, he probably will be moved. If they could salvage those relationships, it'll be a lengthy suspension as far as that's concerned. I'm not a big fan, like, we forgive athletes who do things that are equally horrendous if not worse at times and i mean the fact you know we're gonna sit here and say well and tom, politicians yeah tom said something last night that everyone he should never ever pick up a headset again but they're gonna on sundays come nfl season go cheer joe mixon or they're gonna go cheer kareem hunt um that, that that's where i kind of get like okay we got to stop with this like when someone screws up we got to make sure that their entire life is just taken away from them. i don't well that's a very aggressive take to have, but you see what I'm saying um, as far as that's concerned. Reaction to Tom Brenneman last night. What will your reaction be if he returns as a TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds? Scott Campbell on Facebook says, if Tom is on TV, I won't watch. I'd rather hear Tommy and the Cowboy, Tommy Thrall, on the radio. So we'll have more of this reaction on Facebook as well as more of your calls. When we come back, Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. It's the summer clearance event at New Carlisle Chrysler. I'm Chris Toby. At New Carlisle, our primary focus is your safety and ours. We are practicing safe social distancing. Probably like you, we hate it, but we are wearing our masks and we are diligently cleaning the dealership. If you're more comfortable handling your sales and Kenner, Kevin Nash, back with you here on a Thursday, 1410 ESPN Radio. It's the Justin Show. I mean, it's one of the bigger, it's one of, if not the biggest sports topic out there right now. Uh, but just, you know, right now we're, we're stepping away from that unless something new comes out of that. Right. I mean, nothing's changing. Parents can, parents are continuing to write letters. Fans are continuing to head, uh, you know, to the headquarters in Illinois. It, 
I respect your efforts, but uh, you know, at this point, you may not be willing to move on, but we have no choice but to move on from it, and that's where we're at. And uh, spending some time now talking about last night's Reds game, and it was an awesome game, but unfortunately, we're not really talking about the game, at least game two, when they you know shut out the Royals. We have more from that game coming up in a bit. I'm going to talk about the hypocrisy um, that people have when it comes to OBJ and Trevor Bauer. We'll get to that coming up around the moment. Stop. That's so unnecessary. That's so unnecessary. So unnecessary. Uh, reaction. Tom Brenneman last night. Again, the Reds suspend Tom Brenneman uh, for, of course, some comments he made during a commercial break in which he thought that the mics were off. And uh, we are taught that the mics are never off. When they're off, they're still not off. you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, it is what it is. Now, to someone's point earlier that, okay, there's a, mis- you know, you make, there's a difference between making a mistake and, there's, and getting caught. And unfortunately for Tom last night, uh, Tom got caught. Right. What I mean is, is, and I'm not going here with the N-word, but if there is a, ry- a word that rhymes with the N-word and you accidentally, instead of saying the, the, the word, you actually say the N-word that rhymes with somehow, I'm not saying it's okay, but at least there's a justification for it. Last night, there was no rhyming word that he was aiming for. He used the word in its straight up, nope, yeah. you know, like he, he got caught. He got he got caught. What he your got, analogies are? They're they're you know they're all over right now. He got caught, and uh, there's no way around it. It wasn't a mix up. He didn't slip up and use the wrong word. He just got caught using the word in its right context for him, and it is what it is. But point is, is he's suspended, and I think right now they're trying to weigh the options of firing versus a long term suspension at this point. And I'm curious, people uh, were outraged on Twitter. But is that outrage going to carry over two, three, or four months from now if Tom's still calling games? Are you going to tune in? Are you going to say no as long as Tom's on the call? I refuse to watch or listen, you know, because fans always are the first to outcry and have anger and blah, blah, blah. But, again, when it comes time to, you know, games resuming or careers resuming, we overlook it. I mean, we see it in the NFL. We see it in the NBA. We see it in Major League Baseball with the players and everything. When it's the... Flavor of the, the that moment to be upset about something that someone did or said, we're all over it. But then we kind of forget about it, and then we'll always remember them for what they said or did, and then their career moves on, and we all move on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be the case with Tom. Uh, let's go back to the top here uh, with reaction. Um, do do do. David Shaw says I like him bro- broadcasting the Reds better than Jim Day or Chris Welch. I don't know what that. Uh, <laughs> necessarily has to do with that. Scott says, if Tom is on TV, I will not watch. I'd rather hear Tommy and the Cowboy on the radio. Uh, we, we've talked about that. Uh, do, 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 do. Ron Moreland says, I hope they don't fire him, uh, but this is crazy. I think it was something between him and someone um, there. Okay, so there's that. I mean, Doug Morgan says that it's sad. Yes, I mean, I'm going through all of these uh, as far as the reaction is concerned. David says, uh, he was sorry that it went over the radio. Not exactly for saying it. I think you. I think he could be both. I, I. I think he's sorry that he said it, but I think he's only sorry because he said it because he got caught. I think both could be be true as far as that's concerned. And people, this is why like press conferences and apologizing, you just shouldn't do any of it because people are still going to nitpick you. You know, you made the mistake. You should just not even respond to the mistake you made publicly because all people are going to do is just critique it. He apologized last night. People said, see, he's only sorry to his bosses. Well, you listen to that part of the, the apology where he acknowledged his bosses. Keep in mind in this business, anyone that cracks a mic, you are an extension of your company or an mm-hmm. extension of your bosses and coworkers. So when you make a mistake and say something like that, you've not only embarrassed yourself, but you embarrassed them. His bosses are embarrassed. Right. Uh, the Reds are embarrassed. So when Tom apologized last night to them, 
Yeah, yeah, he felt bad that he embarrassed them. He also acknowledged that he felt bad to the people he offended. He acknowledged that right away. So I don't know why we have to do this thing where we just literally dissect the apology. We spent more time, or I've seen more people on Twitter dissect the apology than actually respond to what he initially said as far as that's concerned. You know how I am about apologies. I'm all for apologies. You can apologize, but you also have to do the work. And we as the people should hold people that say they're going to do the work, hold them accountable. You know, we, hold, we have to hold our uh, politicians accountable for the things that they say they're, they're going to do. We have to hold companies that said that we're going to be all about uh, moving this country forward, uh, supporting Black Lives Matter with statements and everything like that. We have to hold them accountable for those words that they said they were going to do. And we're going to have to hold Tom Brennan accountable for what he said he was going to do moving forward. It's all about accountability. You can apologize. Fine. That's cool. But Let's do the work as well. Uh, David says, would he even have apologized for saying it if it never went over the air TV? No, because he wouldn't just come out and said, hey, guess what I said last <laughs> night, guys? I want to apologize. I want to tattle on myself. Uh, no, I agree with uh, with David as far as that's concerned. But, you, you know, again, we all we have there's uh, I'm not justifying anything that Tom said last night, but I always just laugh at the holier than thou responses to tearing people down who make these mistakes because you know it, it's just one of those like people try to say uh, someone on here I gotta find it said you know he should that that's not those aren't conversations you have at work. Well, what does that even mean? So you could you could say homophobic stuff at home, but man, keep that you know. So you could so you know if it's a racial thing. Oh, well, you could be racist at home, but my goodness, when you step into in between the work lines, you know that's where you, you got to leave. You got to keep your racist hat at home. Is like I I don't know what that even means. Um, let's go back to the phones four five seven nine four six four. Let's we got Charlie. Charlie, what's up, man? Thanks for holding. What's going on, guys? Hey. Hey, uh, you know, to me. I was thinking about it, you know, trying to figure it all out. And, uh, you know, people get busted for DUIs every day. But how many times have they went to the bar and gotten drunk and drove home and never got caught? You know what I mean? How many times has Tom Brenneman said stuff like that, you know, that wasn't on air, and now he got caught? Okay? He wasn't at some restaurant and somebody heard him. He was at work. So, I, I mean, whatever happens to him, he deserves what, what, what are you warming up? You're warming up some pizza rolls. <laughs> what, what, I hear the microwave in the background. I'm dropping a, I'm dropping a trailer. Sorry. Oh, maybe I'm just hungry. I'm thinking I'm hearing microwaves or something in the background. Justin, hey, Justin, me and you, me and you are soul brothers like that. We, there's certain sounds and, and symbols and things. It's just all food related. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. I can't, I, I can't help it. Roseanne made it, used to do a thing about you can tell when you're getting directions by somebody's got a food addiction because. Did you just say you Roseanne? Of all the of all the days yeah. we're having this conversation, you're going to use Roseanne? Yeah but, yeah, but she had one of the best bits of all time because she says you give directions by restaurants, like you go up to the McDonald's, turn left. That's very true. Go to Taco Bell, take a right. But anyway. You can't defend, no one can defend Tom, uh, Tom Brenneman. You can't. I mean, it's just like getting drunk and getting in your car and the cop stops you and now you got a DUI. You may not be an alcoholic. Maybe Tom Brenneman don't always talk like that. We don't know. But he did, and it was on air, and he was at work. So now he's caught. Now he's going to get in trouble. The thing that I had the biggest issue with, what in the world apology was that? What are you doing? Well, and that's where I disagree. I don't know what what was wrong. What was wrong with the apology? 
That, uh, that's where he, I'm. He I, I called the home run during his apology. But, but like, why why are people offended by that? Did that take away from the sincerity of the apology? The I mean, it, it made it humorous. I'm not going to lie. I've never it, heard in my life. I I just I don't know. I disagree. But again, I'm wanting to see it differently because I. I Worked with Tom, and it, I think I'm. Uh, to, I'm admitting, I'm hoping I'm not falling in that trap, but maybe I am. Where I'm wanting to see it differently, so fans who don't know him will see it, it was definitely awkward. It was awkward. But, but, why but, would they I, tell him? The producer, whoever's running that broadcast, said, "Tom, why don't you go ahead and apologize before we yank you out of here?" In the middle of gameplay, I mean, they are. I mean, he's. I. I don't know. I, I thought it was humorous. It made for a humorous moment in a time that didn't need humor. Uh, but I don't think it took away from the sincerity of the apology, for se. And I still think if there was no game going on, we would have found something else to nitpick about the apology. But apologies always sound awkward because you're always rolling your eyes saying, oh, okay, yeah, right, you're only sorry because you got caught, yada, yada. Well, here, here, I, I wanted to know what, like, because it, it sounded like it was either mid-conversation or something. I wanted to know what was happening. No, it was awkward. It was it was a 30-second well, clip, and it was dead silence for the first 15 or 16. And then he just spouted that out like it was nothing. I'm like, what are you – who are you talking to? Like, is it – Talking is, to somebody, I mean, maybe talking to somebody, somebody in his, his ear. ear. Is, you know, Chris Welsh, is, it, you know, is he saying something to him? Uh, because Welsh was silent for a long time, too. I mean, I don't know. But then – and again, not mocking this. But he says that horrible thing, and then out of nowhere – Reds post game live right here presented by and I'm like oh that's horrible this is just horrible I mean it, it's yeah it's very unfortunate. Well, so from my understanding, it's a quote from the movie Blazing Saddles is what I heard, which that doesn't that doesn't dismiss it. Like if you're out at a restaurant, what I don't know how Tom talks or doesn't talk. You guys know that, you know what like how people talk when they're not at work versus when they're at work. Like Kev was talking about that earlier. Like you. You guys might discuss things in the hallway that you don't discuss on air. You know what I mean? I just share my favorite but, Bible verses. I have no clue what Kev <laughs> says. What Kev says, you know. I, yeah. But, no, you know, and I someone brought up the Blazing Saddles thing um, and, and, you know, saying that, okay, that that's what he was referring to and maybe just trying to be a smartass about it. But, again, context or no con I don't know if that makes it any better or not. But uh, It I doesn't mean, make it better. It doesn't make it better. I think that's why his apology was so insincere. Because in his mind, he's like, well, I was just saying a quote from a movie. The problem is, he said it on air. It's just, it, that's, I mean, it's, it's, seriously, it's it's some guy who gets stopped for a DUI, man. You're busted. Sorry. You know, maybe you stopped going to the bar and getting drunk. You've, you've done it a thousand times. Maybe he's made jokes like locker room talk, you know, like, remember, and that's always like, a, you know, well, that's how guys talk, you know. But, uh... You can't. You got to be professional at work. You just, Kev. You guys know that. You you don't do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh well. Yeah. And and I don't know what sort of suspension or whatever firing, whatever that's going to be. I don't know. You know. I don't know how that works. You were bringing up Joe Mixon. He served a punishment. His talent exceeded his talent exceeded his troubles, so he got a job, and maybe that's what happens with Tom Brennan. Just like your favorite hometown baseball team, your Enterprise Roofing Team is all about protecting home. We've been locally owned and operated since 1926, so for high-quality roofing repair and replacement services, you can... Thinking of you. 
What kinder words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. What the heck did we just sing? <laughs> the what bubble, the baby. Going on? NBA playoffs right now. Contrary to what Kev thinks, uh, right now we have the, the, the real best guard in basketball on TV right now, James Harden and the Houston Rockets. <laughs> up five. The dribbler. Paul and the, the, the dribbler, the scorer. Are you kidding me? Oof. Okay. Come on. Okay. I, 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 nope. No. <laughs> Not doing it today. You ready? Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm always ready for NBA talk. Yeah, always I, ready. I'm one of those guys, like, I have to throw a temper tantrum. If I, if I, if <laughs> I, I noticed I, that. I, I have to try and, you know, not be a child. You get very worked up about the you NBA. Either, you either think like I do. <laughs> or you're wrong. Or you get the hell out of here. How about that? Like, right? Yeah, exactly. Or you're wrong, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, NBA draft lottery is tonight. Like, and this is always starting to get real weird now because, like, I, don't, I mean, it's cool watching NBA right now, but it just feels weird. Like, it's the temperature is slightly dropping a little bit in the morning and in the evening now. Uh, I was golfing last night, got to a certain point on the course where, like, there's just a ton of leaves now. I'm like, man, the leaves are starting to fall off and change color. I'm like, what in the world? It's weird watching NBA right now at this time of year. Like, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for, like, baseball right now. It doesn't feel weird watching baseball. It's normal. It looks weird because there's no fans in the stands. Right. But it is weird watching NBA basketball and watching it like what we are right now, like where they're playing all day. Uh, we'll never see that. I love this. You and I were talking about it. I love that. I mean, what? They start at 1 yeah. and they're going until 9 o'clock tonight. I mean, midnight. midnight. I mean, basically, by the time <laughs> that damn game gets over with. Yeah. So, I, I love it. But it is weird. Like, when you're outside, you're like man, it feels weird that I'm saying I'm going home to watch an NBA game right now. Uh, as far as that's concerned, but so everything's getting a little weird because the draft lottery is tonight. I mean, right now we already I mean, the draft should have happened already. We I mean, what is it? Almost September. Uh, in a month and a half, we should be talking about NBA players heading to, to, right. to camp, to training camp, to, to tip off the season at the end of October. Last year, or technically this season, because <laughs> what we're watching is technically still this season, technically the 2019-2020 season, they tipped off on like October 28th. It was like the end of October. It was still, you know, well into October. Um, and they tipped off early. So here we are heading into a month and a half, a month and a half away from when next season should be technically starting. October 12th would technically be Game 7 of the NBA Finals. November 11th is technically when camp is supposed to get underway for next season, which is still strange to me. I don't get how any of that's going to work. But tonight, Kev, we'll have the NBA Draft Lottery. Now, we don't talk too much NBA Draft Lottery stuff or anything along those lines, but I'm more in, you know interested and invested this year because we have a player that we're going to be keeping an eye on that is not just going to be drafted, but he's an NBA lottery pick. Mm-hmm. And that's Obi Toppin from the Dayton Flyers. NBA mock draft, uh, Jonathan Giovanni and Mike Schmitz put out uh, their NBA mock draft yesterday for ESPN. If this is right here, the NBA draft order, which again, it could it could fluctuate. You know, the Warriors 1, Cavs 2, Timberwolves 3, Hawks 4, Pistons 5, and Knicks 6. In their mock draft, if this was the draft order, they have Obi Toppin going to the Knicks. Now, we talked about this yesterday as far as that's concerned. 
of where we would prefer to see them. And by the way, we are live on Facebook. So when you're live on Facebook, you get to see the graphics and everything that we have within the show. Uh, and you can interact with us that way. We're going to be having trivia that we're going to be implementing here into the show starting tomorrow. Uh, so keep that in mind. But yes, the mock draft that you're seeing right now on the screen, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, Obi Toppin going number six to the New York Knicks. Now, we both have our preferences of where we would like to see him go. Um, obviously, I think the Warriors make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. You have Clay Thompson, you have Steph Curry, you have Draymond Green, but they spread the floor. Uh, the de- you know opposing defenses are going to be so caught up on where those two shooters are, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, that, and again, when they spread the floor like that, and there's so much defensive attention on those two, we've seen what kind of freak athlete Obi is in the open floor, and you're going to be seeing nightly highlights from Obi Toppin if he gets drafted by the Warriors. But the chances of Obi going number one overall are pretty slim. Right. So I, and again, the Warriors have the highest percent chance of getting the number one overall pick tonight. It just thinks that for the Warriors in the NBA that imagine if this was the year that the or imagine if last year was the year that the Warriors were that bad and they had a chance to get Zion Williamson or John Morant or something like that. You know how crazy that would have been? Mm-hmm. This year's draft is very weak. It's not that good. There's no. This draft doesn't have that Zion. This draft doesn't have that Anthony Davis. Yeah, you know. So it's it's a bunch of really good players who I think are going to make impacts in the league for whatever team drafts them. Especially for the Warriors. This, yeah. This draft has players at positions they already got locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. They don't need a point guard. They don't need a shooting guard. They got Steph and Clay. So they need like a a piece as opposed to a franchise type of player, and those franchise players are guards, be it a, a Lamelo Ball or the kid from Georgia. So I don't even see if Golden State gets the one pick, I don't even see them keeping it. I say they're going to trade it. That would be intriguing. And, and keep in mind, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they can't figure out a way to get a deal done for Giannis Antetokounmpo, look, the Warriors. Keep in mind, they made no effort this most recently to try to find to try to replace Kevin Durant because I think they knew, okay, we've been to the NBA Finals with this trio before. Reset. Do you expect to make the NBA Finals this year if everyone was healthy? Maybe, maybe not, but you're going to be competitive. Keep in mind that although you lost Kevin Durant, the league went from trio-centric to duo-centric. And by the way, that's another reason why I think that we're expecting to see the Lakers dominate in the playoffs, and that's not going to happen because the teams are so much more even now. When you've got duos versus duos, it's a lot different than when you had the trios versus duos. Because it's, I mean, it's duos deluxe across the entire league. I love it that way. So do I. I I thought that that last offseason is really what made this season more intriguing um, as far as that's concerned, and the playoffs are proving to be that. But we'll get into that in a moment. But you're right. The Warriors, they didn't try to replace Kevin Durant to make an immediate big three. But they have the money and cap to do it. Now that they have the money to do it, and they also have a number one overall pick potentially. We'll find out later tonight. I agree with you. I don't think they use the pick. I think I don't think they draft with that pick. I think they use that pick to potentially maybe go knock on the Milwaukee Bucks door and say, okay, you're probably going to lose Giannis. So I'm do yeah, a sign and they trade. Don't, they don't win it. They don't win the championship this year. He's gone. And I don't think they are. I mean, there are. I mean, again, I don't care about losing one right now in a seven-game series. That's the beauty of a seven-game series. But um, yeah, I, that's a good point. They could end up trading that away. But where could Obi Toppin end up? That's going to be the big question mark as far as that's concerned. And and look, I don't think. I mean, any time that you're being drafted high, sometimes it's the bad thing. Like I feel bad for Obi Toppin, uh, not from a financial standpoint because he's going to be uh, he's going to be pretty set financially yeah, whenever buddy. his name is finally heard on draft night. But keep him. I mean. 
the Warriors, great. That's a great situation. But like you said, we don't really envision him going to the Warriors because we don't think the Warriors are going to draft anybody. They do have in this mock draft Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, the star guard, that really anyone that gets him is going to be in good shape. James Wiseman out of Memphis. We saw limited play from him last year because, of course, the, the battle against the NCAA and everything. LaMelo Ball. That's a risk, and you got to have an organization that's going to be able to take on the headache being his dad, his father. Um, but the Hawks, I would love to see him play with the Hawks, mainly because I'd love to see Obi Toppin play um, with Trey Young. Who knows what's going to happen as far as that's concerned. But they have Obi Toppin going number six overall to the New York Knicks. Ugh. And I, I don't see that. I, I just don't see how that's going to work. Steve Stetler on Facebook. Uh, and again, you can comment in the comment section. We'll be able to pull your opinions into the show. Steve says, I pray he doesn't go to the Knicks. Who would want to play there? Owner is the worst in the NBA. And it's a very valid point. We talk about that in all sports, where sometimes when you're the best in college, you get a reward by going to the worst situation sometimes. Like I've always said, sports is the weirdest thing when it comes to rewarding greatness in college. If you go to school to be a doctor uh, and you are a kick-ass doctor in college, you're going to you're gonna be in line to get the best doctor jobs out there, some of the best hospitals in the world. You know, when you're, uh, you know what I mean? Like anything that you go to, if you're one hell of a teacher, you're going to get an opportunity to be, you know, teach some of the best teachings or the best schools in the world. Mm-hmm. But when you're an athlete, the better you are, the worse situation you go to. Imagine if you're like an engineer or a doctor and you're the best in your field in college and they say, okay, now we're going to reward you by sending you to the worst position possible. We're going to send you to a horrible neighborhood. We're going to send you to a low-paying place. You know, all that. That's what the NBA and Major League Baseball and everyone does is they take the best talent and say, hey, congratulations on all your hard work with all the talent you had at Ohio State, Alabama, or wherever. Now you're going to be rewarded by going to some place that probably doesn't have any talent at all. That, that's always been strange to me. Yeah, it, It's a very weird model, but hey, it's how it's always been, and it's worked, and it is what it is. Obi Toppin, what's his ceiling? In your opinion? Is he a star? Is he an all-star? Yes. I said our, my player comp for him is Sean Marion. It's not bad. Sean Marion was once an all-star. Like, I want to say Sean Marion was like a three- or four-time all-star. Was he an all-star with the Mavericks? I know he was with the Phoenix Suns. Like that's when his best seasons came with the Phoenix Suns, right. and they had Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, you know, Bell and those guys. So I'm just, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think Obi's going to be good in the NBA. I, I hear a lot of people say, oh, he's he's going to be a star in the NBA. I, I don't know. Here's the deal. He maybe he's another Kawhi Leonard. Maybe he's another, you know, you know what I mean, like a Dame Lillard, a guy that comes from those smaller schools that no one's paying attention to, and then all of a sudden, boom, years into their career, they're one of the big hitters in the NBA. Maybe that's Obi. I don't know. I loved watching. That's a great comp, though. That's a great comp for him for Sean Marion. Sean Marion, four-time All-Star, two-time third-team NBA, um, and a world champion with the Mavericks. So, I mean, if Obi gets that type of career, <laughs> I think everybody will be happy. Yeah, and and again, I'm not. You know, it is what it, I I don't I just don't know how good he's going to be. Uh, Steve says on Facebook he's Penny Hardaway good. Huh? I I I. I <laughs> I, I may uh, I maybe Steve. Why do you say? Uh, to be fair here, why Steve? Sorry, no, 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 no. Sorry, Steve, Steve. Steve, what what about Obi's game? And I think we're laughing because I don't think their ga- games look anything alike. Like I, I'm not like laughing at Obi. Maybe you know Obi no, no, could no, no, develop no, no. But the Penny Hardaway thing. I, I don't. I mean, I don't. Penny see, Hardaway was a point guard. That's not the OB is a star of the this era of positionless basketball where you know he's a five sometimes a four sometimes a three sometimes but a point guard 
that's what Penny Hardaway was. So that so Steve, to be fair, when we're being rude and laughing at you, uh, and which I, we should, let's be fair, you know, I was the only one dead. laughing. Uh, uh, we. I, I guess where our question comes into play is where do you see that comparison? So maybe tell us where you see that comparison. Because, again, not even the same position. They don't handle the ball the same at all. That's all. Obi's a star, but let me ask you this. If o, if you if Obi scores the exact same amount of points, hits every every take away the dunk out of his game, if he's not a walking highlight reel, but he's still the walking same amount of points per game, same amount of rebounds, same amount of assists, same amount of uh, you know gap of improvement from one year to the next, mm-hmm. is he a lottery pick right now? I say no. I said the dunk is what, and again, this isn't a shot at Obi. I'm just saying because he's a positionless player, and again, it's a positionless league right now. I mean, you're watching a lot of you know teams do that. Uh, I mean, the Lakers are the only ones right now that are trying to play that traditional big man setup. I mean, they're, they they said, hey, everyone else is going uh, small. We're going big. So you want to try to win with your smalls, that's fine. How are you going to stop JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis? And they're going to continue to put out their seven-footers, which, by the way, Portland figured it out. So let's maybe try something different tonight. How about that? Nah, uh, but that's later. That's later. Uh, no, um, what was the question? I'm sorry. I got me thinking about the other game. You, if you take the, oh, the, the dunk yeah. away, the and dunk again, away. everyone can dunk. I mean, um, he could still let's say he could still dunk, but like the the level of which he dunks. Well, so, I think if you take away the dunking and the his dunking ability, that means he's less athletic. Fair. And with his athleticism, that is, I mean, that's why he's getting drafted. That's why he's going to be in the NBA because he's a supreme athlete. Um, if but everyone can dunk in the NBA, but not like this, not like he can. Not everybody can dunk like this. Like there's a very few dudes in the NBA that can jump the way he can jump. Mm-hmm. Like everybody but, can bang on somebody because they're skillful. But I mean, as great as a basketball player as Kevin Durant is, he ain't the athlete that Obi is. Like it's it's skill and it's athleticism. We're hoping that Obi's athleticism, his skills will reach that one day. Now, if his skills reach the level of his athleticism, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Four five seven nine four six four. By the way, we're live on Facebook and on ESPN Dayton's YouTube channel. But go to Facebook, search the Justin Kenner Show, jump in on this conversation about Obi Toppin. What is the ceiling for Obi Toppin? Again, we know how fantastic we know how dominant he was in college. I mean, that, that the fact that we did not get to see that on display on the big stage of the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's just beyond unfortunate. Um, but again, the next big stage that we're going to see Obi on is on the M- you know NBA draft night, which is coming up in October. Um, and then again, whenever the NBA season tips off for next season, I'm curious as far as that's concerned. He says Penny. Uh, uh, Steve Stetler, Penny was drafted, uh, drafted third, played guard and forward, and four-time All-Star. So, Steve, that's why we I wanted to ask to get clarity. So, in regards to those potential career milestones, as far as that's concerned, again from the smaller school and that type of thing. I guess. What about Kenya Martin? So that's the uh, I always said. Uh, well, I kept saying Marion. We got a lot of Kenyon Martins too. Kenyon Martins are a lot of comparisons as far as that's concerned. Yeah, before Kmart broke his leg, his last year at UC, and there's a lot of crossover there too because his se- like Cincinnati's season came to an abrupt halt because you know they're Ken- about when, the same Kenyon, size. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, again, this is why Trey Young and the Hawks. That's why I want him there so bad because I think Kenyon Martin's game elevated because he played with Jason Kidd with the Nets. And I think that Obi Toppin, I'm not saying that he is depend like super dependent in the league, but I do believe his best basketball is going to come if he has a feeder point guard and Trey Young could be that guy. Trey Young's I love Trey Young. He's a facilitator. He's a scorer but he's also a facilitator. 
uh, and Kenyon Martin, I think, definitely benefited from playing with Jason Kidd. And I think Obi's going to need that same type of running mate within the NBA uh, to be able to set him up. Can, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Uh, I think we've both been saying that for the longest time that we want to see him on the Hawks. The Hawks have a lot of young talent on their roster. I mean, they got DeAndre Hunter, who was uh, at Virginia, uh, national championship there uh they got cam reddish from duke they also got uh another high flyer jason collins obviously trey young so they got a lot of talent down there um and they really pushed the tempo you know yeah. they were one of those teams that want to try to score in the 120s every single night so to really kind of get it and go type of basketball and that suits ob to a t i mean at, of course you want him to be a very skillful basketball player eventually but you know Right now, hey, let's work on catching this alley oop and putting it in the basket. Let's work on just being a junkyard dog, getting some rebounds, putting it straight back up whenever Trey Young misses one of the forty foot bombs. So you put Jason Collins a high flyer on one side, Obi another high flyer on one side, Trey Young that can shoot lights out, Cam Reddish that can shoot, DeAndre Hunter who's a big time defensive player. I think they could be a team to be reckoned with. It's going to be interesting and continuing to watch the development of Kostas on Decupo too. We talked about this the other day. If Kostas keeps improving, too, I mean, the fact that you could potentially over the next 10 years, every every NBA season, get to tune in to watch a couple UD players run up and down the floor for you, that's going to be pretty dang cool uh, if Kostas continues to develop. Even though Kostas, I still think, is being is being used as a chip right now to, to potentially land Giannis whenever that time comes. The Lakers, I mean, we know that that family is super uh, tight, you know, super tight, super close, so we'll see if, the, you know, the Lakers, if they make a run at him. But again, if you have Anthony Davis... You don't want Anthony Davis and onto Decumpo. I mean, again, sure you do. You'll 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 find a way. John Collins, by the way. Oh, okay. My John bad. Collins, Sean Bolin. Thank you. Uh, I'll give Sean a little love here on the page. John Collins. Come on, Kev. That's why you know what you got to do. You know what I? If you notice, I don't use first and last name. I just you use just last, say last names. names. I mean, it's an improvement from when I used to just say their numbers. <laughs> twenty-eight. <laughs> Number twenty-eight on the Lakers. Come on now. You know who the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, good stuff there. We'll get more into this NBA draft lottery talk tonight, but t- or tomorrow more. So once we have a better idea, I think once we see the draft lottery shape out, we'll have a good idea. And that, like the Warriors may not end up with that number one overall pick. I believe that if, you're right. If they get that number one overall pick, they probably trade it. If they get the third or fourth pick, they probably keep it. You use a third or fourth pick for a guy um, you know, like an Obi, it makes a lot of sense. I just don't think that you know they're going to use that number one overall pick for Obi and you know the Edwards kid out of Georgia. I'm saying you don't need him, but you're the Warriors, you don't need him. Right. You don't need Lamelo Ball. You don't need um, who oh, the kid from Georgia that I just talked about. And then you're not going to use the number one overall pick for Obi Toppin. Obi's not the number one overall pick, but again, we're talking to him in the lottery aspect, so I think we're good. Sean says, "All love, fellas." So we're good. Actually, we need a fact checker from time to time. <laughs> I think we'd have to hire somebody, and we can't afford that as far as oh, that's, that's a no-no. Sean, thanks, man. All right, more of the Justin Kidder Show with Kev Nash. When we come back, uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about Trevor Bauer, the hypocrisy, why we why we judge OBJ for the watching games, but yet Trevor Bauer can wear stupid shirts and have stupid cleats, and everyone just drools over it. I can't stand it, but he is a good pitcher. We'll be back in a moment. Stonehead. Wings are spicy. I'm not going to lie. That's a zing thing. Shout out to Milano's. Larry Milano's. 
Hey. He just dropped off some barbecue chicken pizza. Did, what, what sub is in there? I haven't even checked out the sub. This is perfect because uh, I haven't even thought about dinner tonight. Now I got my dinner all lined up. But they're dude, these boneless wings are fantastic. This sweet chili or sweet heat. And I'm Don't out forget of, to share. I'm out of water. I shared. I shared. Damn it. Drop that. Okay, we're good. My mouth is on fire right now. I don't even care if this is bad radio. I'm taking a drink. Now, one more thing. One more. One more. What about Amari Stoudemire? Oh, for the player for comp. Obi. Uh, for the Obi comp. And, yeah, for by the way, we were talking about Obi top, and tonight's the NBA drive to lottery. And uh, it's pretty good. It was Tyler Nagy, by the way, uh, Coach Nagy's son. He commented on the show page the other day because I put out this mock draft. And, again, if you're watching live on Facebook, of course, now this isn't moving. There we go. Now we got some movement. Uh, if you're watching live on Facebook, you could see the NBA mock draft, the most recent one from ESPN's Jonathan Javoni that just put this out. And it's interesting because they have Obi Toppin going number six to the Knicks. But Tyler Nagy brought up a good point. He says, "Who can, like these mock drafts are stupid. Like the NFL, when the mock drafts start coming out, you know the draft order. The ones, the way too early mock drafts are really dumb right now. I, I don't even follow those. But the, you know, the NFL draft is, is set like because it just goes worst record on. Right. The NBA, you have to wait for the lottery, so it is pointless. So I, Tyler was right. Like, it was stupid. But they have the Knicks right now. Again, so not only are they guessing the draft order, they're guessing, they're guessing the, the team order of the drafts, um, the player order and everything like that. They have Obi going to the Knicks. But tonight we're going to get a better idea of what the lineup is going to look like or what the draft order is going to look like. And that will give us a clearer picture of where Obi could end up. I don't think he's good enough to go number one overall, but that's no disrespect to him. I just think that it's just one of those things where – Guards, it's a guard league, and I think you're going to see a lot of those guards go ahead of Obi. It's not that those guys are that much better than Obi, but again, it's a guard oriented league. Technically, he's a positionless basketball player, but there are set guards. I mean, we talked about that yesterday. I mean, I get it. Dame Lillard's fantastic, but you don't have to flip the channel too many times to find another great guard. Uh, and it, that's what teams are looking for right now. You need to score, and you need to score a lot. And, and it starts with the guard, and then you kind of work your way around that as far as that's concerned. Another, So we're talking player comparisons for Obi Toppin. Who in the league today or the league in the past reminds you, uh, does Obi Toppin remind you most of? And uh, we're getting uh, Dennis Rodman. Joseph Circle on Facebook messages in. He says Dennis Rodman is who he looks at. Okay. Nothing there? Nothing there. Not for me. I don't see that. Uh, I mean... I mean, you could say, like, his motor and his energy and his athleticism, but... Joseph, I'd I'd have to see him defensively in the NBA. Yeah. Not guarding whoever out of the A-10. I need to see what Obi can do against legit guard talent in the NBA versus whoever he had to guard. And again... You're hiding Obi on defense in the A10, and, and forget the A10, just in college in general. You know, you, you don't want to basically like a safety. You don't want to put Obi on the be, on the best offensive play. You want to make sure he stays out of foul trouble. So we don't really. I mean, again, Obi's not a bad defensive player, but you know, he's not their defensive shutdown From guy. The, that's what Mike Sellen. That's what Land, well, Mike Sellen, not really, but but Landers. That's what Landers was there for. He was their key defensive stopper. We'll see what Obi's de, how de, Obi's defense transitions in the NBA. Maybe he is because he needs he needs something like when you think of Obi in the NBA. Is it his three-point shooting ability? I think there's a difference between being a three-point shooter and being capable of hitting a three. I think Obi's capable of hitting a three. I laugh when people say he's a three-point shooter now. He improved his three game. He's not a three-point shooter. Right. He's capable of it. He's not a three-point shooter. Is he a ball handler? I mean, I, I laugh and I see the evaluations of, oh, you know, he has bursts of ball handling ability. Well, you, you need more than bursts of ball handling ability in the NBA. 
what is Obi going to be known for? What is going to be his role? Because he's a positionless basketball player, and I just don't know what his – he's not a great three-point shooter. He could shoot it, but he's not great. He's a freak athlete, can dunk like crazy, but what, what is his role? Kenneth Fareed? I mean, what, what's his role in the NBA what, as far as that? Could you say? see him being a Pascal Siakam? Pascal Siakam played at uh, where New Mexico State was in the G League for like two years. And then, boom, hey, man, he's scoring 15 points a game. And then, boom, oh, he's the second best player on a team that wins the NBA Finals. And, boom, he's the now he's the best player on their team. Yeah, and you know what I love about Obi, too, is two years ago, he was a being graded as a you know second round draft pick late you know later second round, and then he goes to the combine or not the combine but he goes to get the official mm-hmm. draft grade. They tell him what he needs to work on, and not only did he take that information, but he took that information and ran with it. And yeah. everything that they said he needed to improve on, he did. And he that's a big he, sign of maturity. Yeah. So again, right now it's it's tough because when I sit there and say, well, what's Obi going to be in the NBA? You're basing it off of what his game is now, which was night and day different from two years ago to now. He's only going to continue to get better. So he could develop into a shooter. Right. He could develop into a lot of different things in the NBA. Just as of right now, with what we know out of college, I'm not expecting a big splash under the rookie scene in the NBA. Good, solid guy. I just think that he's going to have to define what his role is going to be. And no one can tell him. Take your Homer UD fans off because I'm getting lit up already. I'm not attacking Obi Toppin. Get him! I'm trying to figure out, folks, like what is his role in the NBA as a rookie? I think he could turn into an all-star, yes, because he's already proven that he's able to take and he's able to take his weaknesses and work on them and, and get better. That's what he's going to do in the NBA. But I mean, what's his role right away in the NBA? I, I don't know. I think that's going to be his biggest hurdle. Is okay, I'm drafted. I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to Cleveland. I'm going. Okay, now what? Who is Obi Toppin in the NBA right now? Not who can he be? Who is he right now? That's my biggest question mark and concern. I think it's a fair one. I'm not attacking him. I just I'm curious what people think about that. You know, I, I don't want to hear the oh he's great. He dominated the A10. He's going to dominate the NBA. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. I think he's good enough to have a very good rookie year. But again, I just need to I need to know and see what his role is going to be as far as that's concerned. You know, everything he did defensively with UD last year, it was kind of like the LeBron James role on defense, basically playing safe. Romer, yeah, roam the floor. <laughs> You get a steal, you do what you do. You pin something against the glass, you play safety. You don't let anything behind you. You just, hey, just do you. Make something happen. Cause havoc. And that's great. But in the NBA, you're not definitely not going to be asked to do that as a rookie. You have to learn the <laughs> principles of defense and everything like that. But based off of his athleticism and his motor and his will to learn how to play the game, as we saw the jump in skill level from last year to this year, I believe he can do it. I believe he can be a star in this league. I believe he can make an all-star game or three. You know, so I hope the best for him, man. I hope he goes to an organization that sees what he can potentially become and, you know, help him blossom into something great, man. You know, you just look at those teams like, you know, we talk about Washington and we talk about, you know, Dwayne Haskins. And everybody knew Dwayne Haskins was going to have a horrible rookie year because the organization he was going through. It's the same thing in the NBA. That's why everybody is cringing when they say, Obi's headed to the Knicks. No one wants him to go to the Knicks, even though they made a great hire and head coach, even though they've changed up the GM office. It's the stench of the Knicks that yep. people don't want him. Like, oh, man, he go there. He's ruined. They're and by the way, him. the reason that is, too, and this is why this is important, You'd have to say that Obi improving almost hurt his pro status, mainly because of this. He, he improved himself so much to the point where he's going to a bad situation. Kawhi Leonard got drafted late, 
and goes to the San Antonio Spurs, where Kawhi Leonard didn't have to be a star. Kawhi Leonard got to quietly develop into a star, while Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, uh, and those guys did the heavy lifting, and then, of course, that gave him time to get comfortable in his role, and boom, he blossomed into a star. Dame Lillard, same thing. Now, he didn't go to a championship team, but... He had other guys that carried the load. I mean, Roy, was it Roy? Uh, what was his name? Roy. Uh, uh, Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy. Yes and no. But he was he the was, guy yeah. when he got there. Yeah. So, like, he had time to develop yeah. into his role. Obi is going to go to a situation where, again, it's a duo league. So you could say, oh, yeah, you have Trey Young. Yeah, but Trey Young, like, you're going there so Trey Young can, you guys could play off one another. If you right. go to Atlanta and Trey Young can't even get you going because there's not enough talent around you, that's a problem. But if you would have been drafted later, to, a, to another team that has more of their stuff put together, like Obi, that's why the Warriors. Like, not just because, oh, it's the Warriors. It's because, yeah, it's the war. The Warriors have their stars already. Right. So while all the attention is on Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, now the Kawhi Leonard situation reoccurs. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the uh, sorry, Obi Toppin will be like Kawhi Leonard if he goes to the Warriors. Because while Kawhi Leonard went to the Spurs and everyone was focusing on Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and everyone else, that's how Kawhi got to move up. And that's how Kawhi got to develop and kind of be under the radar. Obi's going to be the same thing if he gets drafted by the Warriors. But if he goes somewhere like the Knicks or the Cavs where he has to be the guy, that's where I'm concerned about who Obi is going to be in the NBA. Because development matters and it could stunt your development and growth. And once you have the perce- once the perception of you is that you can't play, it, it sticks with you for a bit. And it's tough to get jobs and you float around the G League for a while. So I think it's important that he goes to a situation where he can thrive. So that's a good comparison about the Dwayne Haskins. You know, Dwayne Haskins could have thrived in different situations, but when he went to the Washington team, of course, everyone was like, and he's in trouble. <laughs> there you go. By the way, have they found him yet? Who? The last I heard, they were looking for Dwayne Haskins. They couldn't find Oh, that's right. He was taking pictures of fans. I couldn't find him. I can't stand you. But I remember I said, you. you want to know why Dwayne Haskins is going to improve this year? It's because there's going to be no fans to distract him at the games. Nothing had to do with all his hard work in the offseason. He's freaking chiseled, man. Lost a ton of weight. He's chiseled. Shots out to Dwayne Haskins. So now he's going to be very average and chiseled. That's going to be how it's going to work. Hey, better. By the way, Dwayne Haskins, that's why everyone that's like Justin Fields, oh, he doesn't need to play again. He's a lot. He had one good year, just like Dwayne Haskins had one good year. Get back out on that field. Go play for Georgia. Get to Georgia. Go play at Georgia. Go win a national championship at Georgia. Play in the conference that it just means more. You want to play in the fall? Go ball in the SEC. How about that? You're so lucky these cameras are on. <laughs> so lucky. All right. Well, why don't we just turn the mics off and you can pull a Tom Brenneman and tell me what you really feel. How about that? We'll be back in a moment. By the way, no, we do have an update on Tom Brenneman. Tom Brenneman suspended by the Reds. He also got another punishment handed down. I'll tell you what that is next. Finding the next job is a big job, and that part of what you do is a little tough right now. Because of that, Lowe's for Pros is here to help. Get $400 in leads on us with a free one-year subscription from HomeAdvisor to connect to jobs that make sense for you. Sign up at Lowe'sforpros.com slash proloyalty to get started. Just one more reason why Lowe's is the new home for pros. Now let's get to work. Subscription and $400 lead credit subject to HomeAdvisor's approval and terms. Valid for new HomeAdvisor customers only. Lowe's loyalty required. More terms apply. Valid through 99 U.S. only. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. 
We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. ESPN Dayton's Fan Hotline, 937-210-9676. Something on your mind? Let us know. Leave a voicemail or It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous WING Studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. As we mentioned earlier, Notre Dame had five players test positive for the coronavirus with six more already in quarantine. And again, this is coming off of a huge outbreak amongst the Notre Dame campus. In fact, North Carolina and Notre Dame had to uh, dele- or had to basically suspend. I think it was North Carolina, Kev, that had to suspend um all athletic activities for 24 hours. Like so, every all all athletics had to be suspended or, or postponed or not postponed, but suspended for the day. Um, and North Carolina is going through it. Obviously, Notre Dame and others. So it's just going to continue. It's just going to continue. NC like, State. I, it's going to be well. tough. What NC happened State, to NC State? Uh, they just uh, moved all undergraduate classes to online learning after a COVID-19 outbreak. Yeah, and I think you're going to see a lot of that. And um, maybe this is being done to maybe I mean I'm trying to think as to what the what the end game is here. I, I don't know if this helps or like I'm thinking it's hurting the chances of the SEC and ACC moving to a season. But Kev, what if this is ultimately helping? Like, what if it's the end game of let's get students on campus? We'll show that we can't contain the outbreak, so we'll just send all the students home. And we just saw the reaction across the country that these athletes really want to play, so the urgency is there. You know. About a month and a half ago, it was this players versus the league thing. And again, I'm not talking about the 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 like changing the names of the uh, you know racial his, you know racist historical leaders and stuff like that. I'm talking about the the treatment of the okay the future of the coronavirus. How are you treating us and all that stuff? How are you going to keep us safe? Not just during this, but what are you doing for us after? All those things were being asked. Mm-hmm. And then they just said, okay, forget it, no football. And then. Then, then all these athletes are writing letters. No, we want to play. We want to play. We'll do anything. We want to play. We want to play. I thought the Big Ten was pulling a scare tactic. That's honestly what I thought at first. I really did think they were, there was maybe a chance that they could bring it back. But they just pulled the plug completely. And it, it's like, to me, it's like, okay, we keep talking about the amateurism here. But I really do see a situation where maybe all these SEC, ACC schools say, all right, we all have outbreaks. Everyone go home. Athletes, you stay. Here's your little bubble now. Let's go finish this season. Like, maybe I, what I think is hurting the chances is probably helping in the in the long run. Until that story that you've been telling me about off air happens. It's just Georgia State, though. <laughs> exactly. Georgia State quarterback, and if I if I butcher this name, I apologize. But uh, but uh, butcher Jesus, Justin, come on now. Georgia State quarterback Mikhail Colasardo has been diagnosed with a heart condition that has been linked to COVID nineteen. He's been diagnosed with a heart condition as a result of contracting the virus and will not be able to play football this coming up season. He just announced earlier today. Now he's a freshman and former three sport prospect from South Carolina. He arrived on campus earlier in the spring when he contracted it. Um, but this is what he you know, this uh result of the virus it's that my I can't even you know my, yeah. microcarditis whatever the hell it is I'm not a doctor as you can tell I'm very not intelligent so there's that so obviously I'm not a doctor no but uh, that right there that's what the that this right here is what has scared the Big Ten and the MAC in many conferences as far as that's concerned and of course that's what leads to Georgia State quarterback uh, choosing not to play this coming up season scary that's all I can think about it's scary you send one of these young adults out here. And they're willing to play 
after contracted COVID-19, they quarantine for two weeks. They no longer have the, the virus. They go out there and play their game, and God forbid somebody has a heart attack. Yeah, like, I mean, that's and, and, and the sad part about the whole thing is something as unfortunate as that is the only way people will say, Kevin Warren was right. We shouldn't have been playing. Nobody wants to see somebody go out there and die. Nobody. But we are still going to be attacking Kevin Warren because he's robbing Ohio State of a chance to win a national championship. Have you ever thought about it like this? He's actually saving somebody from possibly dying or making sure Ohio State stays open because the school doesn't get sued and get shut down completely because 885 people on the team sue the school and bankrupt the whole university. Like, you got to think about the big picture here, man. Like, it's bigger than football. This virus is killing people, and it's not just old people that are dying from this. And it's leaving people permanently scarred, as you can see with this young man from Georgia State. Like, this is a serious situation. Yes, it's a one individual, but there's multiple individuals out there that are suffering from this and having trouble getting back on the football field. Just because you're young doesn't mean you can bounce back. You know, I look at this virus like how my mom used to talk to me and my brother. You think you're just because you're young, you're immune to what can actually happen in the world? You think uh, if you don't look both ways, a car won't hit you? You think hanging out all types of night something can't happen to you just because you're young it can happen it can happen to anybody anytime anywhere and this virus can get somebody it can get somebody in the long run and that's what these conferences are trying to prevent these young adults from dying and stop themselves from being sued here's where i've been in the middle on for a while now of being not really swayed one way or another i get that but when we talk about the health officials' opinions who are stepping in, and there's way too many different health health official opinions that are weighing in on this. Mm-hmm. There are just as many, if not more, health officials weighing in and saying, "Hey, you know what? Yes, this is a a risk, but it's a very slight risk. It's not a it's not even it's not even a risk that is that I mean, it's something you want on the that you look for on the radar, but it's not something to shut an entire season down for. I mean, they're saying that this can actually come from just the regular common flu to begin with, and those types of things. So this is where, although I d- definitely understand what you're saying, I get the frustrations of people that are saying, okay. Maybe we are being a little too protective of this stuff because there are so many things that are equal to things that can hurt these college, these student-athletes, but we're only making this a priority to prevent because why. That's where I agree with some critics of how this is being handled as far as Kevin Warren is concerned. Um, and again, that letter that had come out that, imp- that detailed those, they were able to find, I think Bobby Carpenter was able to find a bunch of counter arguments. Uh, so, so that's why, although, yeah, you're right, but I mean... They, if they're worried about oh, even one student athlete dying from this, well, there's a lot of things that they could potentially die from in other situations. Whether it's heat, you know, we we've seen heat exhaustion, we've right. seen strokes, and those types of mm-hmm. things. So uh, that's all. I mean, I get the frustration on both sides, which is why when we talk about this, it's, we're going nowhere with it because it's just like the political arguments. Everyone has their own opinion on something. You're never going to convince the other person that they are wrong. Or it's that, scary because it's, it's scary because it's new, and we don't know too much about it. The but people, the health officials know enough about it. Maybe oh, not the coronavirus, but this particular thing. Right, right. And, I mean, something like uh, heat exhaustion, like we kind of like, oh, yeah, we saw that before. It, uh, make sure you're taking your breaks. Make sure you're drinking water. Like it's like that type of thing. It is It is because it's the new, new factor. It is because it's a new virus that we don't know all about. But, 
that's why people are so alarmed with it. I do believe that's true. But yeah, I saw I read the the statement from the Big Ten. <laughs> and you know what? It those type of statements and these interviews that he's been doing like the last day or two or whatever, it's just <laughs> as much as I agree with the shutdown of football, you're not doing yourself any favors, bro. <laughs> Like, plain and simple. Like, it's that, like, it's like that Tom Brady. Like, stop talking. That statement was trash. The interview was trash. The quotes he got uh, with Heather Dennich, trash. <laughs> it's just like, man, I'm I'm with you. Shut it down, but stop talking because more you talk, you're just giving everybody more ammunition because you're not even answering any questions, to be perfectly honest. You're just hemming and hawing, man. So, hey, stop talking, man. Just Just wait it on out. Well, I'm excited for tomorrow's show uh, because tomorrow's show we're going to get to hear from Herm Edwards, uh, Arizona State coach. So we're going to talk with him tomorrow again, coach at Arizona State, and again he plays in the conference that pulled the plug. And I think he's going to be a, a perfect example of a guy to talk to to kind of give the behind the scenes of you know the thought of what went into to that decision, not just for the Big Ten but for the Pac-12 as well, and where he falls on it. Uh, so tomorrow, Herm Edwards will be on the show. Um, him and Keith Byers, former Philadelphia Eagles teammates together. Uh, in fact, Keith was sharing the story about how when he got drafted by the Eagles, Herm was the guy that you know he he looked up to and that he was glued to as a rookie just to you know follow his lead. So Byers is going to jump in on the interview with us tomorrow with nice. Herm Edwards. So I'm excited about that as far as that is concerned. All right, uh, when we come back, the business side of the NFL, Cowboys released Gerald McCoy via injury waiver. And, of course, that has sparked the opposite argument about the players who hold out. We'll get into that coming up around the corner. Trevor Bauer versus OBJ. Yes, Trevor Bauer versus OBJ. We'll talk about that coming up, too. Hour three, next. Live here on ESPN Dayton. August 28th, week one of the high school football season. How about that? And uh, it's we're waiting to announce this, but uh, again, we will be carrying high school football on 1410 ESPN Radio once again. It'll be our 2020 G-Walk game of the week, and uh, we will, of course, kick things off with Centerville at Fairmont coming up a week from tomorrow. So I can't believe that beginning next week, Kev, we're already going to be building up towards the first high school football game of the season. And I'm not going to lie, I was dead wrong. I was adamant a month and a half, two months, three months ago. There's no way they're playing high school football. But yet, here we are. Here we are, and uh, I'm excited for it. Like I said, this is like one of those where every time I predict that something's not going to happen during a pandemic, <laughs> for everyone that's doing the, oh, I thought you said this, okay, I was wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong, and I'm glad right. that there's high school football. I'm glad that we're going to be calling the games coming up. Me and Keith Byers, every Friday night, it's our GWAC Game of the Week on 1410 ESPN Radio. We kick things off. Uh, and, you know, week one next week, Centerville at Fairmont. Uh, Scott Campbell, he says, go birds. Uh, so there's that right off the bat. Again, we're excited to be bringing you high school football once again, something I did not think we were going to be able to do this year, or mainly because I didn't think there would be high school football. But we are glad uh, that we we're going to have that for you. Centerville at Fairmont week one, Springfield at Centerville week two. Centerville, well, out of Centerville, but we had to, you know, we truncated it down to a close proximity here. But uh, Wayne at Centerville, Miamisburg at Fairmont, and Fair, Fairmont at Wayne, and then Centerville versus Miamisburg in week six. So that'll be a flex week, too, depending on what the big games are that week. So I'm excited for that. Again, next week, get to hear in the band playing, the, you know, the teams out on the field. I mean, high school, I'm ready to go. What, what are you doing over there? What was that? The band. Yeah. Oh, is that the band? Oh, okay. Oh that wasn't stone hands. This is stone no, hands. I, yeah, is what it is. Speaking <laughs> of stone hands, 
All right, let me let me let me find this little article here because it really drove me insane last night um, watching Trevor Bauer, who, by the way, is just a really good pitcher, and uh, I think that he is pitching his way out of Cincinnati. Trevor Bauer wow. is pitching his way out of Cincinnati, not because he gets on my nerves. Uh, it's because the way he has been pitching, Kev, the Reds can't afford to keep him. That dude right now, I mean, again, we're right. Uh, how many games of the season? I guess we're only 22 games into the season if you're the Cincinnati Reds. Still have under 40 games to go. Playoffs potentially for the Reds. I mean, that is a realistic possibility. But Trevor Bauer, who the Reds went all in for that last year's trade deadline to acquire him, after, I mean, Trevor Bauer has been adamant that he will uh, not sign a long-term deal. It's going to be more year-to-year, so he could be in control of the money, which, again, if the Reds feel like next year they have a shot to potentially be World Series contenders, it wouldn't surprise me if they went all in on a high-dollar amount to keep Trevor Bauer. But Trevor Bauer is absolutely dominating right now. Uh, oh, boy. I, hold on. i gotta, I got to pull this up. Uh, Doug Morgan says, hey, Kenner, has anyone ever told you that you look like a, a well-fed Adam Sandler with that goatee? <laughs> no. Wedding singer. No. i got to get Kathy rid of Madison. <laughs> Nothing but love, buddy, as far as that goes. No, but thank you for that. Uh, Trevor Bauer, I think, is pitching his way out of Cincinnati. He has been absolutely on it. And, again, when the Reds acquired him from the Indians last year, he did not. He was not on it. I mean, he had an ERA that was over six. I mean, he only won four games with the Reds in the back half of last year. Trevor Bauer was not good for the Reds last year. So, you know, I really didn't know what to expect as far as that was concerned from Trevor Bauer coming into this year. And he has lived up to um, the billing. He has lived up to all the expectations. He's healthy, and he is rolling. And right now, every time he has an outing like he did last night, Kev, he has an ERA under one right now, um, he is basically just positioning himself to get paid this coming up offseason. Now, the only way I could kind of be positive about this is the fact that maybe, maybe the market will work in the Reds' favor Maybe teams aren't willing to go all in for a big contract for any player, although yet that has not been really the case. We've seen some big contracts in baseball and football and others. Maybe that'll go for the Reds. I don't see the Reds being able to afford Trevor Bauer if he is looking for a long-term deal. The best shot the Reds have at keeping him is if they're willing to overspend, even if it is for one year, if they feel like next year they can make a run at a World Series. He's a pain in the butt. He's a problem child. But when he's on, he's on. Mm -hmm. And me being... A Cleveland Indians fan, I know that firsthand. Would you be willing to put up with it? As long as he keeps pitching like this. <laughs> but that's the thing. You don't uh, know. Obviously, but, but you don't know. And again, right now we're talking about the start to the season, but who knows what happens you know, moving forward. And by the way, let's say the Reds do get into the playoffs. If he absolutely dominates in the regular season, but they get in the playoffs and he plays an egg, it's like, okay, are we doing? Are we dealing with one of those great regular season pitching performances and bad again? But he's pitching a World Series. We yeah. know what he's capable of doing in the playoffs. But that's something to keep in mind if you're the Cincinnati Reds. But last night, my my biggest problem with Trevor Bauer is, and I, I see his point to a degree. He is trying to be everything that baseball isn't, and he's trying to be fun. He he does a podcast on the side. He has his own brand. Okay, he has his own T-shirt line. He puts out his own. Uh, you know, he he has his own apparel line. He does all that. That's great. But I feel like when he says he's trying to be everything that baseball isn't, not only is he trying to be everything that baseball isn't, he is being what usually sports is not supposed to be. We rip athletes if they are in commercial, if they're in too many commercials. We mm -hmm. rip athletes if they 
I mean, heaven forbid, try to wear a watch out onto the football field. If they do, I mean, anytime an athlete does anything that is not related to the sport that they are playing, we say, oh, they're more focused on this than that. Except for Trevor Bauer. For whatever reason, Reds fans just literally overlook it all. You got you had a great game last night, and then you started ripping your shirt off like you're Hulk Hogan or something. What Brother. the hell is wrong with you? Oh, he's mad because the league threatened to rip him off the field because he was wearing cleats that had a message on him that were uh, the the guy from the Dodgers that of course is going after the, the vendetta he has against the he hates the Astros. That's great. That's super. Just focus on winning games, which you're doing, and I think the reason he's getting away with it is because he's winning. To be fair, you know when Baker Mayfield gets ripped. It's because, hey, you know what? You not you were in a ton of commercials. You're shirtless taking a picture with the Tiger next to a Corvette or whatever it was. And then you play like a bum the next year. OBJ, who did play in every game, is trying to wear watches and be the flashy flamboyant guy that he is. But he had a down year. So then every you know maybe he's getting ripped for that. But I truly believe that if OBJ even had the best numbers in, in football last year as far as the receiver goes, he would still be getting ripped for trying to wear the watch by people like you and everyone else. So my question is, in 457-9464, or head to Facebook and leave your comments in the comment section, search the Justin Kinner Show and chime in beneath, and we'll hear your take. Why is it that we applaud Trevor Bauer? Why do we drool over Trevor Bauer acting like a moron? I can't stand Trevor Bauer ripping his shirt off after a win, trying to wear these stupid cleats that are a complete distraction from just going out there and playing the game. And again, he's pitching great. That's fine. But folks, there, what ha there's going to be a point where he starts to take a dip off. All right, that, that, that's the... That's the the concern I have as far as this concern, as far as this goes. And I don't make these rules, by the way. You do. Everyone else does. Athletes are not allowed to have fun. They're not allowed to have podcasts. They're not allowed to have their own, you, you know, shirt lines and all this stuff where they're more worried about their own brand than you know what's actually going on. That's not. Those aren't my rules. I'm going. I'm basing this opinion off you. The viewers you. and you behind the camera, no, Cab. No, no. I'm basing it on you. I'm playing by your rules now. Why is this guy allowed to do all this stuff and everyone just drools over it and loves it? But it's the first thing that people hate about OBJ. And I, I think OBJ is way more marketable. He's way more liked. And he plays in a sport where people actually care who you are. So that's the other thing I have a problem with as far as that goes. Okay, so I'll start with Baker Mayfield. One, I never ragged on Baker Mayfield for all the progressive insurance commercials because one i know he taped all those in the off season Two, get your money baker mayfield by all means obj on the other hand the watch thing it is a distraction no yes it is because it's against the 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 what the uniform policy of the nfl and don't act like he doesn't know that going into it actually he showed proof that they had approved that watch during the preseason. They had approved it during the preseason. Then when they broke it out, they tried to act like they could which, in fairness to Trevor Bauer, also said the same thing. Major League Baseball approved having messages on the cleats, and then they tried last night to say, if you even step foot out on the field with those cleats, you will be pulled off the field. You will be escorted off the field. So MLB pulled the same thing that the NFL did, where they they approved it and said, yes, you could do these things, and then when they went to go do them, they tried to play hardball with them. So... I get what you're saying, but last night was the same scenario where the league's approving something in the off season or early on, and then they forget about it, and then they want to play hardball and try to implement it. It's very strange. Now, I, I personally think that the cleat rule is dumb in Major League Baseball and in the NFL. Uh, the NBA, I want to say last year, they changed their rule about sneakers. Like, before, you could only wear white sneakers or black sneakers. Now you can wear whatever you want because heh, it's sneakers and it only brings more attention to your game. Uh, the whole OBJ thing where 
the distraction came when he had on a pair of shoes in warm-ups, and then he tried to wear those shoes in the game, and then he had to go into the locker room during the game to change his shoes to something that was uniform policy. Now, the reason why it's stupid in the NFL is because they have a certain week where, what is it, uh, my cleats, my message, where they're allowed to do that, which is, I mean, it's a great cause, but if you allow it that week, you should just allow it 365 throughout the whole season. So my gripe necessarily isn't with OBJ with that. I'll, I'll let him slide with that. Oh, it's thank goodness a, you're going to let him yes, slide. Yes. Oh, man. Yes, Woo. but it's a dumb rule on the NFL. My whole thing about OBJ is he just ain't as good as everybody thinks. Okay. He just ain't as good as everybody thinks. And he is. the Bauer thing, he's a pain in the, in the tookus. He's a pain in the butt. And this is what you get with him. You're going to get great pitching performances, and you're going to get these outbursts, and you're going to get these antics that he's going to do. And him having a podcast, I'm cool with. Uh, the shoe thing, I mean, I'm all about self-expression. But the the Hulk Hogan thing, I love it. I love it. I loved it. Like, that brings attention to the game. Like, he is right about that. It is bringing in fans that don't normally watch it. It is bringing in people... Like, my grandmother texts me, like, you hey. Watch a guy rip his shirt off, go to Chippendales or something. You don't need to. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's why my I, grandma texts me. I need, <laughs> I'm tuning into Major League Baseball to watch guys rip their shirts off. How about that? My grandmother texts me and said, hey, didn't that idiot used to play for the Indians? <laughs> yes, I'm that like, idiot Yes, did. yes. Is that the one that almost cut off his finger and cost us a World Series? I was like, like, yes, yep, grandma. <laughs> like, yes, that's him, grandma. I'm glad he don't play for us no more. Like, Yo, my grandmother barely watches baseball anymore, but she still remembers who Trevor Bauer is, and part of that is the game. Part of that is having recognizable faces. You think, all right, the best baseball player is who, in your opinion? I mean, technically Mike Trout. Who's more recognizable, Mike Trout or Trevor Bauer? I still think Trout. But Trevor Bauer is is not as talented as Trout from that boy. I mean, he's having a hell of a year. He's had good years. They're yeah. just not on the same level. Like, but he's but put himself in that position. position. But again, you might know who he is. But is it? Be- I don't know if it's better in the sport. I, 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 my problem is this: is that it was all premeditated. All right, oh yeah, before, for sure. He is spending so much time worried about okay. I'm going to rip this shirt off, and I'm going to have this, I'm going to have these cleats. Like you, He spent so much time prepping for his wardrobe than he did for actually the actual game. Now, again, he gets away with it because as long as he keeps pitching this way, you can do whatever. You could pop out of a damn cupcake for all I care. It's, uh, you it's know, also it, the same thing with the NFL guys when they score touchdowns. You think they think of those things spot right there on the spot? No, they're like, all right, on Thursday, let's come up with one if I score. All right, if I catch touchdowns, you're going to do this, and we're going to do this together. And blah, blah. Like, it's all planned out. It's always all planned out. I, him as a guy, I could do without. But him as a personality and bringing viewers to the game of baseball, that's what the game of baseball needs. It needs viewers. It needs people that don't regularly watch it. They're not concerned about Justin Kenner. They're concerned about Kevin who doesn't watch anybody besides the Indians. I don't watch any baseball besides the Indians, period, point blank, unless, all right, it's uh, playoff time and the Yankees are on, and I'm hate watching. But regular baseball, I'm not watching. But, you know, he's a character, and the game of baseball needs characters. You talked about it as well with the home runs back in the day. Not only were they popping long balls over the fence and everything like that, but those Sammy Sosa, 
was a character. He was a big name. He was a big guy. He was recognizable. He was entertaining. The Sammy Hop and all that type of stuff. Like the game needs that, that type of stuff. But I agree with you. But that's the stuff within the game. He is what being is a, a child. Era? That was like no, no, twenty no, 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 years no. Hold ago. Hold on, hold on. Like you're talking about the Sammy Hop. The Sammy Hop's coming after a damn home run. Yeah. All right. The touchdown celebrations are coming after you score a touchdown. Trevor Bauer's ripping his shirt off. Yes, he pitched well, but he was going to make sure that shirt was seen one way or another, whether he pitched bad or not. Okay? You are he, correct. His <laughs> shoes, like the cleats, like the cleats are for attention and attention only, unwarranted attention. That, okay, you don't just get to have attention just because you want to show off your cleats. I mean, who knows how you're going to go pitch that night. But, like, when you have the touchdown celebration, you put time and pre, it's premeditated, great. But the only way you could celebrate that with that touchdown celebration is by scoring the touchdown. So right. you, you earn that right to score that touch or to celebrate that touchdown. Um, the Sammy Hop, I love that stuff because, again, the, the Sammy Hop doesn't exist unless he had the ability to hit the home run. And th those are the types of things that people can relate to. Uh, you know, when we talked about Allen Iverson when he was a player, you know, the, the being, being able to relate to Allen Iverson was in not the off the feel like the, the dress, you know, the way he dressed and stuff, too, being able to relate to a whole different audience compared to what the old NBA used to be. But you would relate to Allen Iverson for his play on the floor. Diving for loose ball. He was, I mean, he was a little guy, but he was all over the place. The marketability of players isn't based on their shoe. Like MJ didn't all of a sudden start selling shoes uh, because people liked how they looked. They started wearing the shoes because they were looking at a guy that they wanted to be like on the floor. It's all about what you do on the field and on the floor that is going to be your marketable your marketability. And Trevor Bauer ripping off your shirt for no damn right, like. Again, what did that accomplish last night? Nothing. Sammy Hop comes within scoring, you know, or hitting a home run. Celebrating your touchdowns comes from scoring a touchdown. Um, you know, when you're doing all these things in basketball, the, you know the only way you could do that? Not by airballing a free throw or missing a layup. So, like, all the, all the stuff that's marketable within games usually comes after you do something good. That's what people want to be. Trevor Bauer is all about himself. That's what drives me nuts about Trevor Bauer. But like I said, and you even touched... Keep pitching this way, and I don't care what, what you, you do. do. What you do, just keep pitching. But Trevor Bauer is going to do this whether he's pitching well or not. That's the problem. That's the problem. That, That's the 100%. I can't defend Baker Mayfield when he's in all those commercials and stuff when he plays bad because, you know, it's it's easy to sit there and say, oh look, he's distracted. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. Not I, distracted. You know, uh, and uh, by the way, I totally agree with you. I mean, Saquon Barkley. You know how many rookies are <laughs> yeah. in commercials? All right, like you know, everyone's in commercials. So I don't want to hear that Baker Mayfield in commercials was the problem. It's just because you people hate Baker Mayfield. That's the, the NBA problem. NBA guys are doing commercials from the bubble mm -hmm. on their phones. Like one, they do commercials because they're part of their endorsements, and obviously they get more money. I got no problem with these guys doing tons of commercials. You are right with the Bauer thing. It is all self promotion, and it's it's not just self promotion for the money. It's self-promotion for look at me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what rubs people the wrong way. Um, but it's like you said, if he's pitching like this, what can you do? But the thing about it, me knowing him from being an Indians fan, it's going to come down. Yeah, and I mean, you when, when about it comes the World down, series. it's going to crash. Like the, like the drone. Like the drone, nubby. Like the drone in the World Series. They was calling him nubby in Cleveland, and he got mad that people. I mean, Trevor Bauer, of course, is injured in a World Series game because he was screwing around doing stuff he shouldn't have, and then instead of owning up to it and saying, "Yeah, my bad," it was, "Who the hell are you to tell me that I did anything wrong?" It's that mentality. Um, Scott on Facebook says people uh, tune into wrestling for the heels, right? Uh, perhaps Bauer is the heel that MLB needs. MLB doesn't need it. MLB has enough. People that they don't like the Houston Astros are taking care of that. 
the Houston Astros, you know, the Yankees, uh, and all that. Trevor uh, and 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 Scott, the argument here is that yes, right now Trevor Bauer is pitching really, really well. Um, but he was also pulling a lot of this similar stuff last year when he was had an ERA over six and when he only won four games in the second half of the season for the Reds last year. He was a me guy last year. He's a me guy now. And, of course, he's one of those that when everything's going well, hey, look at me. I'm great. But when things aren't going well, he throws a freaking temper tantrum and grabs the ball and throws it over the center field wall because he didn't get what he wanted. That's what I can't stand. I still can't get over that. Keep pitching well, though, Trevor. That's all I need him to do. That's all I care about. That's all I care about as far as that's concerned. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Cowboys release a player who got injured and everyone's screaming, saying, hey, remember that next time players are holding out to make sure they get theirs. because the- Not so long ago, lots of things made people happy. I used to love going to the gym. I miss saying good morning to my coworkers. Today, there are still things that can make people happy. A beautiful bouquet of flowers will definitely make someone happy. First Florist and Greenhouses can help you make someone happy. Go to firsttheflorist.com, choose a bouquet, and they'll deliver it safely. Make someone happy with First Florist and Greenhouses. The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous WING studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We do have Reds baseball coming up later tonight. The Reds and the Cardinals, the first matchup, the first meeting between these two division foes. Coming up later tonight, 745, the pregame. And, of course, 815 will be the first pitch. We'll have uh, lineups coming up for you here in about 10 minutes or so. Kevin, I saw you tweeted about this, and it got my mind rolling a little bit with it. I understand both sides of this. The Cowboys have released Gerald McCoy via injury waiver and veteran uh, defense lineman's contract. Uh, The Cowboys released him after he had a season-ending surgery on his ruptured right quadricep tendon on Tuesday. Ouch. And will save $3.25 million in 2020. Of course, talking about the Cowboys. Um, The move does not prelude McCoy from re-signing with the Cowboys in the future, but under terms of a new contract. Now, he does get to keep his $3 million signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, I see both sides to the argument because a lot of people out there say, do you remember this next time you see players holding out? But I'm, it's still not enough to make me sway to that way yet. Mainly because you always say this, you are what you negotiate. Mm-hmm. You negotiated this. So yeah. I don't feel bad for him when and not a lot of contracts have that in there for yeah. one. That's what's weird. He got a good one. He got a good agent. So that's what's strange is that he, he got to keep that, that signing bonus. But on the same time, I, I don't get what people are so fired up about, mainly because, okay, I always look at our average. If we can't come to, I mean, again, we have different insurances and stuff that allow us, you know, if we have to be out for a little bit of time or a long time, what have you. That's basically what this is. But if you're having a season-ending surgery and you only were signed for a one-year deal anyways, you're not going to be working. Like, you you will not be doing anything for the team. So you got to, I mean, you basically got a free $3 million and they're making the Cowboys be out to be the villains, but they're letting him continue to do all his rehab. They're paying, all the rehab's covered and all the rehab will be done at Cowboys Stadium with their facilities, with their everything. So I got why at first the optics showed that, oh man, the Cowboys are just, that's the dirty side of the business. But I'm reading this, I'm like, this actually isn't dirty at all. You got to keep your $3 million signing bonus. He gets to remain working out at the Cowboys Stadium. All his, you know, surgery, everything's covered medically as far as that's concerned. And the Cowboys will, you know, make sure that he's back to being healthy. And if they can get him back to healthy, they'll restructure a new deal. So I don't know why so many people are angry about this. I get the optics of it, but when you really look into it, 
it was actually a pretty good deal for both sides. It helped the Cowboys free up a little bit more money to go address what they need to to fill that position. But it also covered all of his, his bills as far as medically, the surgery, everything in his rehab. And, oh, yeah, he got to keep that nice little $300 million signing – or $300 million, $3 million signing bonus. <laughs> no, I'd be like, what? That's called retirement <laughs> bonus. That's called a yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's like – I think lot. I said $300 million a few times because someone just said $300 million, question. So I said that a few times. I probably $3 million signing bonus. If you ever get a $300 million signing bonus – that's called retirement. Yeah, that's, you don't know, you don't need to play. Forget yeah. that Super Bowl. I have a lot of season-ending surgeries at that point if I get that. But but no, but yeah. I think I think he Gerald McCoy has a great agent apparently because a lot of that, those times when guys get cut when they're injured and everything like that they don't make out like bandits like he did. Um, I won't say he made out like a bandit. He made out damn good because he's still injured and he's gonna have to rehab. And but a lot of guys don't get that luxury of keeping that signing bonus money sometimes they have to be prorated and have to give some of that money back um and sometimes you just left out to dry to uh rehab on your own and and on your own dime and everything like that so gerald mccoy's situation is definitely unique but the thing about it is in my tweet i sent out you know the cowboys made a business decision you know what i'm saying to make sure their numbers are right and so they could fill a roster need and potentially try to win the Super Bowl, they're doing a business decision. So when athletes do a business decision, we can't act like they're not doing the same thing that the teams but are doing. But who says we as thing. fans, but the thing is, oh, it we as fans, all the time. but we as fans are in charge of what we think, not the teams. Like, I love when people say, the fans need to make sure that they're thinking, that, no, because the fans are why you exist. The fans are why your sports exist. So if the, like, for baseball, and that, by the way, you are completely right. There is a business side for the players, mm-hmm. but just because that is their business side, it doesn't mean that it has to be aesthetic. It's not as... It, it, that is their business side, but it is not aesthetically pleasing at all. For instance, the Major League Baseball players, they were not wrong for trying to fight for every dollar that they can get during these negotiations. They were not wrong whatsoever, but they were wrong because the optics and the perception, it just doesn't look good. And the players never look good when they're bartering for money because your fans are not millionaires like you. So I, you are completely right, but the thing is, that's never going to change. Fans will never, as a group, wake up one day and say... Oh, good. I'm cheering for the business side of sports. No, I want my best players out on the field because we gotta win. We gotta win tomorrow. <laughs> or what, what's that? Yeah. We gotta win tomorrow. <laughs> That's, don't, don't, that, don't. But no, you know what I mean. Like, so I get you are. Every time people talk about the business side, they are never wrong as far as that goes. But the fans aren't wrong either. You're you're asking people that on average make anywhere between fifty to hundred thousand a year to sit there and feel bad for guys who are holding out and keeping their teams from winning because they want $3 million instead of $2 million or something like that. That's why it'll never change, and I don't think fans are wrong for thinking that either because we're watching people argue over, oh, well, I don't want $10 million. I want $12 million. Oh, poor baby. So, again, I get what you're saying. They are right. If we were in that position, we'd be fighting for every dollar, too. But, again, it is the optics of it. And, again, the people that are getting angry about how it looks are the people that feed the sport. Whether it's through ratings, whether it's through clicks on social media websites, or whether it's through tickets, jerseys, everything else. So I see both sides. I never understood that because, you know, we're employees. You and I, we're employees of a company. People, the fans, they're employees of wherever they work. The athletes are employees of the team. So why wouldn't you be on the side of the employee just like you? They're, They're an employee just like you. The person, if Jerry Jones can pay... Zeke X amount of dollars, Dak X amount of dollars, Amari Cooper X amount of dollars. 
how much money is he raking in? Because mm-hmm. everybody always look at the athlete and say, oh, you're complaining. The, uh, you already get paid $5 million a year, and you want eight. Well, how much is Jerry Jones making off his TV deal, off the merchandise? He's making bank as well. I don't understand how come the athletes are always the one viewed as spoiled brats because they, they want are. money. How? How, Sway? When they're, they're employees just like everybody else. Okay. They're not the same type of employees, though. But they're employees, employees nonetheless. Is, if you want to simplify it, but again, that's not how the that's not how fans see it. I'm just saying, like they're employees, say that the fans are wrong. The fans are never the 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 customer is always right. The, but the, in one way or another, the customer is always right, and the in the mass majority of customers view pro athletes as brats and spoiled because. And here's the other thing too: the timing of it. No one gets mad at. Nego- uh, contract negotiations in the off season. What oh, people no. get mad at is the holdouts. The oh man, the Cowboys are supposed to have a good year this year, and oh Zeke's going to hold out and not play. And now they're not going to be good. Oh, that's a problem. Um, what was the most recent big contract? Neg- I mean, we're about to see it right now. I think the Vikings. Yeah, and, and, Dalvin, uh, Cook. and Dalvin Cook. He's in camp right mm-hmm. now. But dummy, he should be at home with his feet up. It's boiling. I saw read a report today that that. Uh, that they were, by showing signs of good faith, by reporting to camp, they were hoping that that would lead. In fact, if anything, it's made it worse because now they won't even, they don't even acknowledge his existence that he's there trying to stay out of the way. So, again, you're That's right. The, it's a bad, it, it looks bad on the business side, too, but we don't pay attention to those optics. Business owners might pay attention to that, but we as normal, regular people, we just want to see our team win. We don't look because, at them. It's but because no one looks we're at not them wearing employees. Jerry Jones suits. We're wearing Zeke jerseys. Mm-hmm. We're rooting for Zeke to score touchdowns. We're not rooting for Jerry Jones to sign checks. That's the difference. But at the end of the day, when you break everything down, they're employees just like everybody else. Yeah, but no one else. looks at it. That, no one but I'm just saying. I, I, they I'm are. You're right, but no one cares. The optics. Like, you're rooting for – you people complain about their bosses and the company that they work for, and they're not getting paid X amount of dollars because they should be getting paid more and they're, they're worth more. Well, that's exactly what these athletes are doing. But you don't see them as employees. They don't see them as – Employees, they just see them as athletes and entertainment. No, they're doing a job. They're providing a service. They're providing your entertainment, and they're being rewarded handsomely. But you know who also is getting rewarded handsomely? The owners of the teams. Mm-hmm. If they could pay all this money to the, but they're owners of the team, they should be making yeah, that much money. Yeah, they, they sure. should be making that much money. But but you wouldn't say that to an employee that you work with. Like if if I was complaining about how much I was making, you wouldn't be like, well, Kev. <laughs> It is what it is, man. You're an employee. Suck it up. You wouldn't say that. You'd be like, you know what, Kev? You're right. You know, we should. Hey, man, you know what? You make it what? Oh, yeah, we both get in the shaft. Yeah, but the difference is, is our bosses are listening. No, the difference is, is uh, again, it's, it's. I know what you're saying, but it's it's not the same because fans don't. No, it's not because no fan wakes up saying, oh, man, I can't wait to see no, my no, favorite football employee today. It's football player. And they are fans of watching them play. They don't care about how they get. And by the but way, no, no, I'm not saying that that's how. I, yeah, I know that's exactly how, they, how people are. But I'm saying this is what it is. That in reality, they're employees. Just oh, like that's, everybody that's, else. that's super. But that's not. But it doesn't matter because that's not how people perceive it. People don't care. It, they'll never care, and they shouldn't, because all they care about is the team winning. And if the team's not winning, they're not a fan of that team. And if they're not a fan of that team, then no one's watching that team. No one's going to watch that team. No one's buying their apparel. Then that owner doesn't even have the stuff to be able to. Oh, yeah, they do. Huh? Yeah, they do. Well, I'm just saying, but again, <laughs> they have to be able to keep the customers happy, too. And the only thing that matters is the customers, which is why they use the customers against the players. 
They use the perception of the customers, the viewers, right. against the players. That's what the MO, That's what Major League Baseball did. They tried. The, the, they made the players look bad because they know fans don't want to hear the pity story of, even though they're employees and we battle the same things in our everyday life, we're arguing over, can we please have, I would like to have a couple dollar raise so I can maybe have 20 more dollars. That's so stupid. I, I just want a dollar raise. So why? You could have 10 more dollars in your freaking paycheck. That's stupid. Now we're, we stress over, if I could just get two more dollar, a two more dollar raise, I could maybe have 20 extra dollars my paycheck man my life is hard oh look there's zeke oh he wants 15 million and not 13 oh man i can relate to that man you hate me i know but it's okay because we'll be back to argue to close out the show when we come back goodyear knows why we all love basketball it's the sound of the buzzer the roar of the crowd the swish of the net it's the spin on the ball as it's released. The squeaking sneakers before an inbound pass. The timeout that gives us perspective on the moment. We love basketball because we love movement. And now that it's back, we're asking you, the fans, what moves you? Goodyear, more driven. And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. Hi! Um, guess we should talk about something. <laughs> How's the, um, vermicelli game in your town? Got any good Vietnamese restaurants? Vermicelli? Oh, it's a noodle. Very good. Drivers who switch to Progressive to say big! Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Busy show today. Thank you, everyone, who tuned in and uh, took some time to hang out with us on Facebook. We are live on Facebook every day. Head to Facebook and search The Justin Kinner Show or ESPN Dayton and uh, like the show page, like the station page. And every day uh, at 3 o'clock, you'll get that notification to tune in to The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash and hang out with us. And, of course, you can chime in on the conversation in the comment section, and we'll be able to pull your comments into the show and interact with you that way. Of course, you can always call at 457 Six four. Uh, we announced today we were 34. 16 of the 34 shots he assisted on. I mean, he was literally, not only was getting his buckets, he was making sure everyone else got theirs. On nights that they couldn't. Like, that's a leader all over the place, not just a, a score. Hey, anyone can score in the NBA. How about that? Take a look at tonight's lineup. Reds and Cardinals. 8-15 tonight, 7-45 the pregame. Reds at Cardinals. Joey Votto, Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker. 1-2-3. 4-5-6 is Eugenio Suarez, Mike Moustakis, and Shogo Akiyama. 7-8-9, Josh Van Meter, Freddie Galvis, Tucker Barnhart. Reds baseball tonight, 7.45 the pregame, 8.15 the first pitch. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Until tomorrow, it's been the Justin Kidder Show with Kip Nash.